Hello and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon or Mutilus on the forum. This is Parker. Go by Dr. Mantis Toboggan, MD on forums. This is Aaron, otherwise known as A.A.Ron. Uh, and welcome to the show. Um, some quick announcements. Um, Parker, you're down to 698 probationary episodes. You're doing good. Mm-hmm. Feel doing, good. Doing good. Oh, wait. There's a bet. There is a bet. We'll have to see how that comes out. <laughs> no! No! This, this, is, this is when we resolve it or we're going to resolve it in news. When... No, we resolve it in news. Okay, got it. Well, actually, do you want to just read the bet for everyone at home? That way they know sure. what the bet is. Sure. We, okay, uh, well, the bet was, I would bet 50 episodes. Uh, I said just that... Make sure you read it. That Nick Fury would not be a grunt because Brandon said that he would be a grunt. He was, he was wanting it to because he had multiple models on his on his base. Mm. So just so everyone knows, I'll just read it right off sheet. It says here that, that Nick is, Fury is a grunt. I watched you episodes. do this. This is a live doc. I, I, I watched you take uh, off. I'll just remove your not. read privileges. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Um, I have some news, uh, or some announcements, really. Uh, I'm going to the Melee at Shiloh this weekend. Um, it's going to be on July 23rd. Um, and then next weekend, uh, Aaron, myself, Jeremy, and Aaron's son are all going to the Omaha Qualifier on July 30th. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a good time. I'm excited to get some more traveling in um, and play some more games. Uh, so, Parker, you're up. What do you got? A lot of news, 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 news. Aaron, you did you did no newses. You gotta say news. There was at least one news there. One news. You should review your tapes. So, um, we had mini extravaganza amongst other things. So beyond mini extravaganza, we found out the affiliation list was updated. We never talked about this the last cast. I don't know when this happened actually, but. Uh, what we saw is that Scourge and Heimdall were both added to Asgard, but Scourge was also added to Cabal. So he's in Cabal now. Um, which makes sense because he's Enchantress's best friend. They're BFFs slash lovers slash not because it's Enchantress. But uh, but yeah, he's in Cabal. Does anybody, is that important to anybody? Nah. I did not know this. It's actually news to me, but uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, he's a good character for He's a good character in general, but I don't know if Cabal wants one. He's a good beater. I mean, it's never it's never a bad thing to have a good melee piece in Cabal, so sure. He definitely replaces Crossbones in Cabal also. Well, I mean, so. they don't really have like a bruiser three-pointer that's mm-hmm. good, and so that's fine uh, because they've got Zemo, right. which is great, and uh, Sin is kind of like a skirmisher. Um, but, you know, Scourge just fills a hole they didn't... They were supposed to have filled, but it was definitely not filled with crossbones. by crossbones. Yeah, Aaron, you're excited about Cabal. Are you? Are you going to put Scourge in your Cabal list? Hmm. Not the uh, the combined criminal Cabal list I'm working on right now. But if you're a okay. Cabal list, I would love to test some Scourge out. Yes. Cool. So I think uh, he'll go well with another Cabal member we have not mentioned yet today. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's get it. We'll jump into Mini Stravaganza. Uh, just so you know, listeners, we're not going to go through every single card because Mini Stravaganza was a huge release. You can find everything right now on uh, the mcpdb.com, which is the big database. Everything is updated really fast there. Also, your your uh, handheld device probably has a, a, a Squad Builder app. Um, all of them, I think, currently have them 
as they were going up. They were really fast. So if you want to see individual cards, we are going to gloss over them and talk about what we're excited about. So let's go into Mini-Stravaganza. Character numero uno, Malekith the Accursed, riding on the Tiger Bat. Um, the Bog Dark tiger. Elf. Bog Tiger. Come it, on, man. It's Bog a tiger. Bog Tiger. It's God, a, don't you know this stuff? It is a Tiger Bat. Um, I guess a bog tiger makes more sense because it doesn't have its its four legs are not wings. It's got wings coming out the back. Yeah. It is a. Its nickname is Tiger Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to let you go first, Aaron, because you were so excited for this character when you saw his model. I don't think it mattered what was on his card. And then, as it turns out, all the words are on his card. Literally, all the words are on his card. <laughs> Every single word that could be written is on his card. There's so much text on this card. So what are you excited about with Malika? Uh, what am I excited about? So mm-hmm. the model, number one. Uh, so you're right. His card is uh, chock full of stuff, but I would have played him if he was a threat to one health, one's across the board. Um, <laughs> just because uh, I love the model. I want to put shiny, pretty things on the table. However, from a gameplay perspective, uh, this model does one thing, and that is beat face very, very well. Uh, seven threat, and you get seven threat uh, worth of face beating and oh, stabby. Yes. Defense. Right. So fours across the board and he gets to spend to turn skulls into crits. Uh, yes, please. On is the other there hand, any difference real quick. Is there any difference between that ability and uh, domino? None. No. It's like, okay. So it is effectively domino's ability on Malekith. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say before you so rudely interrupted me, Brandon? Well, I, we weren't really going to read these, right? Like, we're not yeah. going to go through each one. Just I imagine like most people at this point. Um, I think he can be downed pretty easily. All it takes mm-hmm. is a spike or two, uh, and his 10 health go away. So there's definitely counterplay into just killing him. Uh, he whiffs on his dice, he rolls blanks instead of skulls, and uh, he'll go down pretty easily. So uh, or hits. how to protect him is going to be interesting. <laughs> Him being immune to Hex is not relevant, because that's actually very impactful on his kit. Um, yep. I would put him about in the same category as Juggernaut on the defensive side, which I think is what? a pretty good comparison. No. He's got... Eight, why? You think he's noticeably harder to kill? I think he's much easier to kill, the Juggernaut. I think fours across the board instead of four three five um, is equivalent. I think giving up dam- spendable damage reduction for... Cloak of Shadows and two more hit points is about equivalent. Hmm. I don't. If I'm objectively wrong, feel free to tell me, but I don't see how I am. I, I think. Oh. It, I think. It, I think it's incorrect because the ability to spend for not taking damage is so huge on every other effect that does damage, right? Like uh, crisis very and good. bleeds yeah. and stuff like that. So the one th- uh, that's actually one of the things I was going to say about Malekith, which is. He fixes exactly one dice result. That's what he gets. Now, it's cool because it turns into a crit, so we could maybe do more dice results. So he could, like, really deflect some big hits. Yeah. He could. But, like, if you bleed him and he takes one damage from a Crisis card, like, he's really killable. Like, very killable. Um, no, he is killable. Like, But Juggernaut's not invincible either. Like, Juggernaut goes down if you just bury him in damage. The problem is most people don't bother because... You, there's no point in trying to stop him because he's still going to do what he wants because he's, he's only getting the one hit in. Right. As where this guy is carving up your whole list, he's you got to do something about it. He's also two more points. I think right. I think this guy is, I mean, if you play him, he's going to have a monster target directly on his face. So how do you make sure that you are doing more damage to your opponent 
while losing Malekith, because I think you'll lose Malekith, I think. I think the linchpin here, really, the thing that balances him instead of him just being a nightmare to deal with, is actually his ferocity requiring him to make a blade attack. Yeah. Because if he could just charge and either range three or range or beam four people, he'd be able to be in such better defensive positions. Yes. And so him having to actually engage in close combat is going to put him in harm's way way more than anything else. Yeah, he really wants to go in and daze somebody automatically. That's how he's staying alive, I think, right? He's he's flying in, dazing someone right then, eliminating the possibility that he gets hit back. The problem is, on the next turn, he will get hit back, and in the next round, maybe. Uh, so, I, I really like his... I love uh, his leadership, too, by the way. I love that it's just opposite of... Um, uh, uh, Sam, and better than Sam in that uh, yet another leader who preys on uh, grunts. We were talking about how grunts seem so OP. Here's another leader who preys on grunts and, and gives you a lot of uh, possible gains for having grunts on the board that are easy to, to down. So well, Malekith is the anti-Shadowlands. I think your rerolls so. and eat your, eat your grunts. Yeah. Why does he screw your rerolls? You, you cannot modify your Malekith. dice. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> Conquer of the Ten Realms. I, it, I'm not surprised it's on here. I haven't spent a lot of time looking at this card. Uh, that's why he's going to be so meta-shifting right now, where Shadowlands mm-hmm. is so prevalent, is because mm-hmm. Shadowlands list into Malekith, you don't get rerolls and he gets skulls. Yeah. It's also really easy to throw a Cabal affiliation in something when you have a seven-point starter character, and you're like, well, I need to fill in, like, one other four-pointer and I'm affiliated. Yeah. There are a lot of Cabal characters that are multiple affiliated, too. A lot of them. Yeah, because they're one of the generic factions. Yeah. I cool. Think... Is there anything else we want to talk about for the big boy? We want to move on? Uh, do you think it will be... I, I I don't think he is Thanos. Am I wrong? No, I mean, I don't the, think he's the only be... reason Thanos was Thanos is because he had so much control. Right. Not right. having... The problem was he was like an 11 out of 10 controller, <clears throat> right. which alters the game to a different like level. Mm-hmm. And so like Thanos is not important for his attrition work at all. Right. Like You're... He's good at it, but... <laughs> You're going to see Malekith everywhere when he comes out, just because he's such a cool model. He actually is worth seven points, but he's doing something that is very swingy. He'll have games where he murders people, and he'll have games when he gets murdered. Yeah. Um, You'll have him eat a ricochet blast and just, like, fall down or something. Yep. Or, like, a Helios. Uh, so, I mean, he will be everywhere for, you know, three to four months, uh, and then he'll probably go back to normal play. I don't think yeah. he's broken, but unlike Dormammu, he's actually worth his points. Yeah, he does feel like he does feel definitely seven points. He does come with two cards as well: um, the Black Bifrost and what we just found out uh, just recently, uh, Midnight Phantasmagoria. So we talked about control. Black Bifrost is a carbon copy of the. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm just blanking on it from Defenders, and I'm just pentagrams. On pentagrams of Farla. And it's a worse, 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 worse it's copy. Worse, yeah, but, it's noticeably yeah. worse. Uh, because you take a damage to go through instead of a yeah. power. I. You say that, I don't know if it is always, because I don't know if I, in certain situations, I'd rather use my health as a resource rather than power as a resource. It costs um, the same, doesn't it? Does it free to go through? No, it only costs a damage to go through, not a, a power. Doesn't, oh. doesn't, doesn't Farlock cost a power to go through? I think uh, so, not a damage. I believe it does, yeah. Here's I just the... missed that it didn't cost power to interact. No. Here's my secret tech with this card yeah. that I think works, but I'm not sure. If you put a large base directly on a token, you cannot place within one of that token. Is that correct? That is very false. Okay. That would that would be true of objective tokens as well, if that was the yeah. case. Yeah. Then never mind. 
you you have to have it's like three large bases to stop people from getting through it. Okay, I don't know why I thought that the large base would block a, an objective token. Now, I don't think that's actually that horrible of an idea if you're like, look, I've got Malekith and, you know, Ghost Rider and whatever the cheapest large base is. I don't know. You just, like, put them in a little triangle around your Bifrost so they can't come towards you, but you can go towards them. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I wasn't that cheesy, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, notably, Black Bifrost users that regenerate, it would be make it you know functionally free. But I think anybody spending health to do it, I think health is better than power to go through this personally oh, but oh my goodness you could do modok ghost rider and malekith in a triangle play the black bifrost and it's exactly 17 how points. could you do that in snake oh yeah it is cabal yeah because yeah because modok's cabal it's just like you shut up you, you like you play gamma you walk up obliterate them and then you're like black bifrost you can't escape and then like they, they can't come at you and they're just like dogpile on them on the following turn <laughs> that you should build that list aaron no, <laughs> it's only three models. It fits that's in not list. that's your list, Brandon. What are you talking about? Why would you give that him? In what world have you ever known him to be like, oh yeah, some janky bullshit? Let me do that. Like you've never, he's never been excited. That's your bag. But yeah, you but I like making it. other people hold my bags. Yeah, I know you do. I, I'm holding one for humans right now. Actually, it's and you get mad at me every time I'm not using it. Um, it's because you're a coward. Midnight Phantasmagoria is also a card. And uh, speaking of control, it's a much better card. Yeah, he is. Uh, basically, it's a big uh, pulse wave push away from him that heals him. So talk about help him with attrition, help him with control once. But it is it is, it is a thing. So I think so. it also helps him from survivability. Like if yeah. you're at max range three, getting work done, and you push everyone away from you, you just force them to sacrifice an action to get back in range to attack you. Yeah, obviously yeah. depending on their ranges, but um, even not like. Generally speaking, if you push somebody, they're going to have to move at some point. Like, they're going to have to get back on a point or back within range or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I like this a lot. Also, the healing mechanic is not going to be irrelevant because he, unfortunately, can't use the leadership on himself, but, you know, extra health is always going to go a long way. Uh, he, he, he can, can use leadership, leadership when someone him. else dazes. When someone else dazes somebody. Yeah. But he's, we all know he's going to kill everyone, so, like, there's not going to be anyone <laughs> left to kill. So yeah, Malekith, Malekith is here to stay. I think he's going to be played a bunch. Um, uh, we, in other news, uh, X-Men and Brotherhood got affiliation boxes, so they're just slowly cranking out the affiliation boxes. Um, probably just a good thing. Anybody have any comments about affiliation boxes? They're just still happening. Uh, I'm glad that the price is going down. It's like the opposite of Games Workshop stuff. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, Pyro and Blob got uh, teased. They got some art for them and some 3D models. We don't know what they do yet, but um, more Brotherhood models. More better. Brotherhood's boss. Um, it was... I did watch the stream, and they say when they show the pictures, these are some nice, cheap threat models for Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. So I think they're both going to be three-pointers. Yeah. I even wonder if Pyro will be a two. I wonder. I could see him being a two. I just really hope he's going to be a three because yeah. I don't really want to see a two point damage dealer. Like yeah. if it's just another rocket and he's made of glass, but like kills everyone within four, like, I don't know. That'd be weird. I wonder, I wonder if it does a bunch of AOE stuff, like explosive, maybe, I don't know, beams. Mm -hmm. uh, Obviously put like incinerate and bleed on people. Yeah. We don't have a beaming three. We don't have a beaming two pointer in the game. Maybe that's what he'll do. I don't think we should have beaming two pointers. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just Brandon. saying. I'm just or, saying. Or make it a beam two. This is, yeah. you know, 
two-point models that have eight dice piercing attacks just are not a, a developed part of the meta yet. I'm like, nope. that is correct. <laughs> like, maybe we should leave that alone. But, uh, to, yeah, to your point, maybe like a beam two or something. Something funny. Anyway, uh, so Pyro and Blob Beam one. Uh, what's, what, what's got my trigger tripped is Sentinels. Uh, we've talked about them a lot as, uh, train pieces. Everybody kind of expected that, but nope, they are going to be their own affiliation. I've been asked this question so many fucking times. When are Sentinels getting out of the game? And my answer was always, uh, uh, probably never. Yeah. And the fact that they are coming out actually annoys me at this point. <laughs> really? I, oh, just I because... looked at the models. Yeah. I looked at the models and I was like, these things look sick. I am so excited to buy and assemble and paint these. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, these are going to be so cool to build a list with. This is exactly my kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that means they're going to be dog shit. Like, that's the next step <laughs> my brain took. It means they're just going to be hot fucking dog shit models. I have, I have, a, I have a feeling they're going to work a lot like IGs. IG-88, a la Star Wars X-Wing. Like, they're going to be, uh, like, some sort of, like, linked consciousness or something like that. Like, they'll get better when they're all up, but as they as you lose them, they get worse or something like that. I I just have this feeling it's going to feel like that. Me. That would really surprise me. I, don't, I do think they're going to encourage you to play all of them at once. Right. And so the Sentinels will not just be like, oh, I added a Sentinel to this list. Like, that's mm-hmm. not going to be very common. Um, the problem is, like, how do you balance three model lists? Well, you just you balance oh, yeah. them individually, and it'll work out. Well, it, that's the point. It doesn't work out. Like, I've mm. played, like, the, the, the Herp Derp Stomp list, and it doesn't work. Like, there's you can't just run all the expensive models and expect to do well. And the, it shouldn't, like, right? You shouldn't just be like, I took three six-pointers. What's wrong with that? It's like, well, you're going to lose on scenario because, you know, you're supposed to. <laughs> like, that's the, how the game was designed. You're not supposed to be able to win with this. And that doesn't mean you can't. It's just going to be not good. I have, um, I have so a feeling. Either Go ahead. these three models are going to be fucking crazy bonkers or be very mediocre because scenario keeps them in check. I wonder if they'll be five points apiece. I know they're going to be really tall uh, and like big models, I, but I wonder if they'll be cheaper. And so you can I'm actually like play them in a, in a smaller module. Yeah, I'm expecting like five points on the Mark IVs and six points on the Prime. I expect them to basically be some combination of basically what Hulkbuster is, right. like just a watered down Hulkbuster. Um, I actually, I one of the things that I got really excited about is I love X Men fluff. I've read so much X Men, and there are so many really cool Sentinels, like really awesome ones. Mm. So I don't know. I was actually a little surprised they went with the generic Sentinels. I know they're really recognizable for anybody who's you know hasn't read a whole bunch of Sentinel stuff, but there are so many cooler, like more humanoid style ones that i would love to see um like, i think that makes absolutely no sense to release in the first wave i i get you but they also put modok in the box and not, not everyone knew what modok was and they also put viper out and scourge like they do really weird stuff like release cassandra nova who also happens to be in a sentinel affiliation like scourge was weird i don't think i think viper makes sense once they said we need someone to put in a box with sin sure and then they're like okay viper would make sense like cassandra it, nova is really the big question mark yeah and knowing that they were going to do Sentinels, Cassandra Nova makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is, it's it. I know the Cassandra Nova is supposed to be opposite Jean Grey. I get that, and so I hope, I hope there will be some more of the like Omega and Nimrod and some of those really cool. Um, yeah, Sentinel I would characters. love a Master Mold encounter where you got to play and then <clears> just summoning robots Sentinels. every turn. Yeah, that would be super yeah, cool. That'd be really cool. Um, Aaron, do you have any hot takes on Sentinels? Or are you just 
waiting for people to get excited about them and beat them. <laughs> uh, or maybe I'll get excited about them. I, uh, I'm i not a comic guy myself, so uh, I'll have to admit that first off. No. So I'll have to wait and see if they come out from uh, from either an aesthetic perspective or a rules perspective. I uh, never really understood why the Sentinels were so, like, beloved as, like, a villain. I mean, it's a cool concept as a villain, but they're li- they're not like AI for the most part, like the super mm-hmm. future ones are. They're just big dumb robots, and it's yeah. like they're not characterful. They're ba- straight up bad guys. They're never good people. Like they're just there to commit genocide against an entire race of like creatures. Yeah, in the comics, and they've had like, different the different like generations of them. Some of them were even piloted by people like Gundams mm-hmm. because they didn't like the autonomous yeah. part of them. Yeah, but. they're an they're an iconic villain, but I'm surprised so many people are like, "Oh, we got to add Sentinels to the game." But like, why? Like, yeah. you're excited to just play big murder robots like mm-hmm. that are basically built by racist pieces of shit. Yeah, I actually um, the reason why I was really excited about them is I, I spoke about IG88. One of my favorite things to do in X Wing was play IGs because people didn't respect them because the, you're kind of like they were kind of mediocre at one point. Um, and I was like, no, 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 I want to play. I want to see what can happen with this because of what uh, they can do that no other models can do. So I'm hoping Sentinels have something like that. They have some interesting thing that they do that others mm-hmm. can't. But it's not, I don't don't need it to be broken. I just hope it's unique. Um, I had people asking me if they could take, if they, they thought they were going to have effectively like upgrade cards where you could spend points to buy these like tactics cards that gave you better attacks and stuff. So that mm-hmm. way you could dial in the point cost of your Sentinels. And I said, that would be really cool, but I can't imagine them doing it because they just experienced how annoying it is to balance that with Infinity Stones. And so I can't imagine that would be the case because there'd always be the best loadout. Like, you can't perfectly balance them, right? And so you'd just be, okay, well, now it just becomes Sentinels cost this much and have these attacks because that's the best loadout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So speaking of other mutants, we uh, find out that we have a new rival set. And it's uh, two mutants this time. It's Wolverine and Sabretooth, only unlike the last one, which was Spider-Man and Doc Ock, which was just a really cool reprint of their cards. Uh, Wolverine and Sabretooth rivals will have new cards and uh, new tactics. So we know there'll be new characters. Um, yeah. Do we... I, I've, I immediately got... This was one of my very first things I actually got this got spoiled that I immediately kind of like, ugh, I have to buy a whole terrain thing to get these two models is am i going to be mad that this thing is an extra 40 dollars because it comes with a bunker i don't give a shit about oh well i'd be really surprised if it's going to be 80 dollars for the two of them i think it would be like 60 which is okay not ridiculous for two models um it's expensive but it's not crazy um i'm annoyed that they didn't finish up the core set stuff first or at least do some more like why didn't we get ultron and iron man like people have been wanting a new iron man model forever Mm mm-hmm Anyway, yeah. um, they kind of hinted at it when they were doing the stream that the only reason they even considered this is because people seemed so open to it because the number one question they got when the last Rivals kit came out was, why weren't these new characters? And they were like, uh, we assumed people didn't want that. And they're like, no, we wanted that. I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll do that. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. They said that they were su- they were amazed at how open to the concept of like uh, two new models in a train box would be. And they've kind of already done this, like Deadpool and Bob comes with a truck and they're like $55 mm-hmm. instead of like $30 or $40. And nobody, literally nobody cared because it was a cool concept. So I right. think we'll be fine. 
Yeah. And they did say on the stream that the the kit comes with a motorcycle for Logan. <laughs> uh, very excited for that. That is boss. I did not know that. <laughs> okay. So I want to go back one one second. Mm-hmm. Um, back to Malekith. Uh oh, And you were okay. talking about Sentinels and design. So back on the stream, correct me if I get anything wrong, but uh, he was originally designed as a four threat model until yes. he took the concept to Asmodee's CEO or some big bigwig who apparently was a huge Malekith fan. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not regal enough. Uh, I need a tiger. I need a bunch of cool abilities. Go back and work on it some more. So um, I don't, I don't, that's not how I remember it going on the stream. I think they said that Schick told them, don't do the tiger because it will be too hard to produce. And then he sat down with the, um, the art guy, uh, Dallas did. And then like, Schick had to go to an off-site meeting, and when he came back, all the new drawings were him on the tiger, and he's like, God damn it! <laughs> like, I told you not to do the tiger. That's what I remember, but they might have also said that the guy he sat down with was the Asmodee dude. I didn't think the Asmodee had much creative control, but... Anyway, so I have to go back and look, listen to the stream, see exactly what he said. Um, but it, it, it just is interesting that yeah. we think that these the devs are making decisions purely from a, uh, a game design standpoint. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is probably 100% not accurate all the time. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Sentinels may be super overpowered because someone's like, Sentinels! Yeah. Uh, do this. Um, or the opposite. I think from right, a knows? creative concept, they don't give a shit about game balance. And then once they get to game balance, they do the best they can. Yeah. They want the... Th- I think... We talked about this many times. I liked this game. I got into this game not because it would be an awesome competitive experience, but because I recognized that the characters felt like the characters I knew. Like, yeah. this character feels like this character. I want to play it. Um, speaking of that, it's the transition. Finally, a Captain America that feels like Captain America. I want Captain America to sock Hitler in the jaw. I don't want him <laughs> to stand there and protect You mean a Bucky. tyrant. Or any tyrant. I don't care how many tyrants. Maybe even 200 I'm just pointing tyrants. out the fact that they chickened out of putting the word Hitler on the <clears throat> Yeah. I, um, I am so excited that this is a go-beat-ass Captain America. So, uh, spoiler alert, everybody. There's a new Steve Rogers in town, and he is uh, he, he's a fighting-type guy. Um, yeah. I'm a little surprised that he wasn't a leader of S.H.I.E.L.D., but the it's what it is. I think he's going to be fun. I love that he just does everything. He's just like, oh, you want to defend? I'll defend. Oh, you want me to move? I'll move. Oh, you want me to modify dice? I'll modify dice. <laughs> I just love that he does. He does. There's nothing that he doesn't do. If he has the power, he'll do it all, which is super cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's next? Um, so, Howling Commandos. Uh, we know what Howling Commandos are. Um, they are not grunts. So, Disagree. They uh, place after deployment. They're clearly grunts. They do not activate with other characters. They are not grunts. They are the very first model that is three guys all on one base, and they're just they're just a model. So not all grunts. Right. I've reduced your probationary episodes under protest. Thank you. But um, I'm now going to select the new secret word you're not allowed allowed to say. Okay. And. Uh, You've said it in the last few sentences, so good luck. Is it Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos? <laughs> oh, we got oh, it! Oh, no! <laughs> no, it's just Nick Fury. <laughs> oh, God, no. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. There's so All many right, characters fine. named. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a choice. You can either lose the bet or not be able to say Nick Fury forever. 
No, don't do this. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible thing. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. Continue. What's after uh, the Nick? F- I like the infiltration card, actually. It seems kind of fun. Okay. My- Keeps your opponent on their toes. My big oh, hot yeah. take I was. Love that card. It's a second got your back. He. This is now two characters yeah. in shield that both have got your back. This is going to be so fucking annoying. Um, <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's going to be that annoying. It, that, I actually don't even think Nick Fury is good. I guess I'll have to see it on the table, but like he's just objectively noticeably worse than Bucky. And so like he's not a second Bucky. He's no. just okay. The one thing he does do is he, he is he's now one of two models in the game that is stealth and range four. So he yeah. can engage you beyond the fact that he can be engaged back. That's not yep. nothing. People also um, would take Domino just to incinerate. And yeah. he does that as well. Yep. Also, uh, his his spender is similar to Bucky's. Uh, not precisely as good, because prototype weapons is not as good as the as his machine gun. But on a wild, he does just immediately do a prototype weapon attack. So I think he's actually very comparable uh, to Bucky. He has Medusa's move, as opposed to Bucky just moves himself. He can move others, too. Um, you said he's just worse than Bucky. I think he's very similar to Bucky. The only... He's similar, but... Yeah, I think I think him and Bucky will be strapped to my shield team, and I don't know when anyone's going to be excited to to hurt them. <laughs> I just don't. I think it's I, I'm on the infiltrations bad wagon. I really think that card is not broken over power, but super interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. I love cool. being able to place someone anywhere on the board I want, turn one, and my opponent having no idea where they're going to show up at. Yeah. It's also not a shield card, so if you want to if you want to do uh, cool things with infiltration and other factions, you can mm. put it. In I others. I love that they learned from the um, Mister Sinister cloning Vanks, and uh, they gain power even though they're not in play. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I also think it's interesting that you um, you actually know where he's going to show up before the end of the turn if you're if the last character who's activating is the one who puts out the flare then your opponent can't react to it but if for some reason you wanted to react to it you could maybe make a situation in which you had to um, or if you were playing if for some reason your opponent had a lot of extra models to activate after you put out the flare then maybe you could set up a situation where uh he would be in a pickle whenever he landed but I think it's cool to jack shift like during an activation this is just a, a huge spoiler for the next tactics card to come out which is going to be a Deadpool tactics card that says Wind Advisory, and if your opponent has a Flare token in play, it just removes it. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. He does have a bunch of cards that counter random single things, so it's fun. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's basically all Deadpool does anyway. Yeah. Uh, speaking of deck tactics card, we also found out that uh, the Human Torch, the the Bionic version anyway, is going to get a tactics card. We know what the art is, we don't know what it does yet. Um, and then we finally have Hydra. So Hydra's got a bunch of stuff, bunches and bunches, but we'll start with, um, Red Skull, the master of Hydra. Uh, I did a bunch of digging by the way, um, because I don't know a lot about Hydra's origins. Uh, Red Skull did not start Hydra. Uh, Strucker did actually. Yeah. So, um, Bit, even though he's the master of Hydra, at least his title of this game, Strucker is very much the founder. Well, I mean, you can be the master of something you didn't create. That's true. Um, so, 
go on guys what do you think about red skull master of hydra i'm gonna i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask uh aaron first aaron what do you think i think he's really good quasi broken just as a random yeah. hot take yeah. Uh, really? Now, I will caveat that by saying I think the devs have done a great job over the course of the game playtesting stuff to make sure it's not stupid broken, or at least doing mm -hmm. their best to playtest it. So uh, that's probably too aggressive of a hot take, but he is really, really good. I do think he is really, really good as well. Um, and now, that being said, I think the effectiveness of a six die attack without a huge amount of dice mods is very curved. I don't think he's... Like, if that was busted then angelo would be the best model in the game so well he like, does he a do lot of six dice attackers are not actually that impressive he does get to count blanks though for two yeah but he has a lot of things to spend power on as well right um, leviathan armor is really cool i have a question actually wait he doesn't um, have a lot of spending things powers on he does not no uh, well i mean he can he has a lot of tactics cards to spend power on there you go right yeah we'll get to those later okay. uh aaron i have a question <clears throat> 86 you you grunt more than I grunt, so uh, does cut off one head mean that you get to activate the Hydra Trooper? So that's a that's a question for the forums. The answer is almost oh, undoubtedly God. yes. Yeah, because okay. it's they share an activation. They share a turn. They share an activation. When so, when you nominate the parent to activate, the grunt activates before the parent does. So the way this makes sense yeah. is you nominate Red Skull. Uh, and then the grunt appears and is staggered. Is staggered. So the game mechanic they're trying to do, and I, I realize why it's worded the way it is, is to make it hit the rules triggers, which I commend them on. Um, yeah. But what they're trying to do is to make sure that the Hydra Troopers can come in and not get their super action, which we can go yeah. over in a little bit. And um, I think I think what they probably could have just said here is uh, just finish the last sentence with, they gain a stagger token and immediately activate. They should have just added that line, and it would even if it's unnecessary. They've done that before to just make it super clear that there's like who knows what happens when the rules forum gets involved, and all of a sudden they don't get to activate, and you're like, great, <laughs> like yes. Um, so yeah, his troopers are different because they do not start on the game board, I believe. Why do they not? Because yeah, they, they specifically say they never deploy except for the cut off the head superpower. Oh. Oh yeah, this character could not be included in rosters and otherwise could only be put into play as a result of cut off the head. Interesting. So very really? different grunt mechanics. I mean, they they spawn on the first turn, so they'll still get to move once, but yes. that is weird. But they notably they also can't pick up extracts, so it really doesn't matter. But they notably can't move twice to immediately start contesting secures, right? That's interesting. They don't contest secures, do they? Yes, they do. They do. That's what they do. What? They they hydro troopers contest secures, not extracts. They are the they are the backwards. Um, however, they only move short, so oh, there there are only a few secures in the game. Are the D's right? D's. I thought it was a generic grunt rule they couldn't no. contest. No, it's it's a specific okay. rule to every grunt. Yep, um, you're right. They're not getting to the center. They They're can probably to the get to a B. I'd have to look at it. They can definitely get to E's, F's. You can get to a B. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, especially, especially if they place within B, one yeah. of him and then move short, <clears throat> or D's. Right, D's, yep. then get a D's. Actually, you know what? They'd be pretty close to getting to the middle. Because he's a medium off the deployment edge. They're placing within one on a medium, moving short on a medium. They might contest the middle. Oh, is he on a medium base? Yeah, because yeah. he's got the lightning and everything. Ah. Yeah, he's, he's on a bigger base, yeah. We have to look look at it, but okay, you're right. It's you it's going to be close. He could be short. That's like the most annoying thing about this game, honestly, is like when new stuff comes you're like, does the geometry work? And there's like no easy way to just check the math. Like... I guess we could look up the, the ranges and everything in inches and then just do the math, but that's annoying. 
or just yeah. proxy it out be easy. Proxying out is way easier. But they're worth at least one point of his threat, if not 1.5. Grunts are really, really good in general. Grunts are dumb, yeah. The fact that this guy comes in automatically is super good. Six dice gainer with Corvus's ability. That's just nuts. For two, it's a discounted. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, yeah. And he automatically and, can get, he automatically can gain that too by taking a damage. If he's for some reason totally empty, he can take a damage to empower his gauntlets. And Mordo yeah. says, "How about you roll eight dice uh, instead?" No. Oh my god! You cannot, Parker. You cannot do that. Why not? Because his gauntlet costs a power to activate, right? Oh no! Wait, I thought it costs a power to use his gauntlet, his blitz strike. No, no. He gets one. Okay, I thought it, was, it cost one. Well, there you go. Yeah. So this this character screams. Yes, but he doesn't have he. But his Leviathan armor is really finicky. Like he's another. I think he's yeah. even more, more. He's definitely more easy to down than Malaketh, right? He's two less points, so he should be. But um, he's definitely gettable. Uh, absolutely. So obviously, it's good that he doesn't have like the biggest problem with vision, in my opinion, is that he has to choose physical or energy. And none of it works on dodges. So if you do the thing, if you don't do the one where you're immune to collisions, he can just randomly die. I, I find that really frustrating. He doesn't have that issue because he's got his four dodge. Um, and then the other three is obviously good. Well, he like, also fi- does not suffer collision at all if he chooses mystic defense. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you can do four, two, five against like, you know, people who throw a lot and, you know, what does Magneto do to you? Like, you're immune to collisions for physical. It's like he's fairly limited in what he can actually do to you. Yes. He, he can go down easily if your team that he's playing against has both energy and mystic and can counter deploy effectively. Right. His biggest weakness is obviously that he can't shoot. He can't move between it like Vision can. Vision can react and move it. I, I also think it's the the secondary effects, right? Like, the not suffering collision. Like, Nullfield's a big deal. But... He's just rolling more dice, which we know dice fail. He doesn't fix his dice. He doesn't DR. So you can just, you know, he could just take a whole bunch of damage. And he's he's got seven health on the front side. We don't know what his backside is right now. But if he's using all-consuming obsession, he's actually, you know, a six health or less character. So yep. he actually can go down remarkably quick. There's nothing. So what I was talking with some people earlier today in the Discord channel is I think you play his tactics card, and you basically just dare your opponent to attack you to give you more power, which we should probably move to. We've pretty much covered what he does. Yep. Um, so Occult Research is his first tactics card. It's a cool one. If he gets all the way up to 10 power, he does a, a, a big stagger explosion, which is indiscriminate. It's it's including him and everybody else within range 2, and then he always can do an extra action for the rest of the game. Yes, so the the turn he plays it, he's basically going to net zero actions, and then every turn after he'll net one. Yes, here's that being said, though, he could just run at people and stagger the whole group of them, which is pretty cute. So, yeah, again, uh, playing against that, I want to see how you're going to pull that off, because he plays it during the power phase, not his activation. Correct. So you've got to end your the round within two of all of my people. Um like, I know yeah. what you're trying to do. There's no way I'm letting you do that. Well, so my thought is I can activate Red Skull, um, and we're playing like a, a like a close-knit area um, scenario like Gamma or Researcher or something like that. So you're probably forced to put a couple people in the middle anyway. I can go in with him, 
maybe off of triggering the rush off of his gauntlets to advance or just moving up and punching somebody and trying to daze one or two people that turn anyway. And then on the following turn, after you re- you punch back into me, I'm going to have 10 power, play it in the power phase, stagger two or three people because you had to clean me up. And then that turn, I have three act- two activations still. Well, that's so turn really four. Hard. That's turn four, though, right? Like that's... That could be turn two. If they're dazing him... How are you so moving? He can, how are you moving he, Red Skull? That he, he has starts no, with one. He has no action economy. He doesn't. So how are you characters moving up in the game? Characters? I can play Lockjaw and Cabal or Hydra. <laughs> like I can sure. get him wherever the fuck I want to. Like it's just a question of how hard are you trying? Yeah. But he's, so anyway, he okay. starts with one. He can get two more, so we're up to three. He's going to attack once, probably. That gives him four. Then he has seven. He has six remaining hit points. That already gets him to 10 before power up on the next turn. You could do it on turn two if your opponent attacks you, which is why I think a smart player will not attack him on early turns to allow him to play the card. Which means if that's the way they're playing it, he's effectively immortal and you just push the gas as hard as it goes and see what happens. So you put your opponent in a bad spot where they have to let him do whatever he wants or let you play a cult research. So I think that's great unless they have one throw. In which case, they're like, here, you can just die over here. Or, or better yet, throw him back towards his own team. You want to activate, you want to play your card, stagger your own team, and then you can have extra actions. Well, that's assuming I can't move the other characters either. Yeah, there's. it's a- obviously a, right, yes. it's a combined player game, so we're both going to do our best to leverage it. Yeah. I, but if I have him on the energy side, he can't be advanced or pushed. So There's also something to be said about, like, stagger tokens are strong, yes, but... Um, I, I losing one action that happens a lot in games where I'm just like, yeah. oh, you moved me, so now I have to spend one action to move back. But I didn't lose the game, like or oh, you oh, mm-hmm. I did I didn't attack that. Oh, no hits. I guess that was functionally a stagger token that game, <laughs> that round. So like, I don't think I I don't value the stagger token that much. I value the extra action and how many turns are you actually going to get the additional action. I want to be Thanos for a while, and he doesn't last like Thanos lasts. So even if it's late enough in the game, or early enough in the game where you're getting the double activation, is he living while you're doing all those additional activations? I don't think so. I don't know when a cult Probably not. He's definitely on borrowed time once he gets to the backside. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know when a but cult But having research... three actions, like, he's getting a lot done at the same time. I think cult research is going to be a real niche card that sometimes is going to go off and feel great. And sometimes most of the time, I think it's going to feel meh. I think you play it for the threat of having it more than you play for the actual effect. Anyway, um, let's cover the Hydra grunts a little bit more and then move on. Um, Do you guys like the Hydra assault function where they can uh, basically kill themselves to get a better attack? Mm, Yes. I think it's super cool. I um, I think it's I'm trying to think of when basically the math is if you can't possibly be using occupation force to, you know, fuck with a secure, then you hydro assault. Right. Because I think four dice with a full reroll is better than two four dices, unless you're looking for like some maximum damage. Um, I think a lot of the time they're just going to hold your back point. Um, Yeah. So I love that Occupation Force says it doesn't have to pay to interact with secure objective tokens. Oh yeah, Ooh, so, that's so good. It's so horrible. Yeah, yeah. You what are they to gonna do? The do? Try to try to flip with their one physical defense. 
No, uh, I mean, you <clears throat> could be doing um, spider portals and stuff. Yeah. Well, that... okay. I lied. They could heal. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, could... they could uh, okay. extremists. Yeah, I was thinking of just in terms of the peta flips and their horrible defenses, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, they could also teleport through the incursions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. who the fuck cares if they take it? <clears throat> they have three That's health, cute. too. Sword base also, it's just a straight die roll. I was going to say, sword base is where I where I thought was awesome. Just a, a little guy you don't give a shit about give, constantly trying the sword base. Mm-hmm. I was under the impression that grunts in general cannot se- contest secures. Nope, that's a, a, a rule on each card. Yeah, I'm just going to read it again. It just so happened that both of the grunts that yeah. were currently in the game had identical yeah. rules. All right, um, so moving on, let's do Victory Assured. Let's. we got to get through these. We're taking way too long on these. Uh, it's an attack. Meh. If you can do damage to buff it, I don't want it. That's my personal opinion. Mm, it's a potential uh, 11 dice beam. If you accidentally kill somebody, he's then stunned. We've already talked about how much he wants his power. I, eh, bah. Mm. I mean, it's, no, ca- it's I, kind of I, an all-in play. He's going to get dazed immediately. Yeah. yeah. I think the stunned is irrelevant. The fact that you can 11 dice beam on command. Ooh. I think this is kind of the argument of like, okay, I, I'm on the backside now and I've played occult research. What do you do? It's like, victory is sure, die, motherfucker. <laughs> like, Okay. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know if I'd nah, trade. I don't five, think it's good. I don't know if I'd trade five health for that beam. I don't think I would. But probably not. I mean, you could just immediately play patch up and just ignore it. Like eleven, boom, eleven dice beam, and then like my friend next to me just says immediate patch so up. So for during two, the same turn. So for two tactics card, five power on somebody. Ne- There's so many conditions I have to meet to make this happen and not care. I I. This seems like. How about the fact that um, Red Skull needs zero power to do an eleven dice beam? I don't want to spend five health on it. I don't want to spend so, five health. I don't care if you want to spend five health <laughs> on it. Somebody will. So here's here's my quick two cents. I just played a game. Uh, it was a Bravo secure. Um, I ended up winning one of the sides of the Bravo, and that ended up winning the game for me. So if you can KO two characters with this beam by sacrificing uh, Schmidt's health, you do it. You're like, I just killed you two characters. I only have one health left, but there's no one around me. I win the game, and that's uh, literally what the card says: victory assured. No, it's not because 11, we know eleven. We know eleven dice blank out all the time. Like, could you imagine sure. how much dice your opponent functionally got to roll against you if it's just do five health to Schmidt? If you leave, I mean, that's terrible, right? You are so correct. I, it, is, it is definitely not terrible. You're not valuing the potential damage output if if you think it's terrible. It is high risk, high reward. But I think that's the what opposite. if you hit four people with it? If two of them, if two of them don't die. Schmidt's dead. Like, Schmidt's gone. It doesn't matter, because if they were about to activate those four characters, it doesn't matter. He was dead anyway. Like, they're that's my activate point. Four, they weren't going to activate you're four valuing, I think you're valuing the health remaining on a character's stat sheet in a different way than I do. The situation I'm, depends on how much value how much value that health I has. think you're valuing 11 dice a lot more than I do. I don't think 11 dice I don't value anything. 11 dice a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying that if you're in a situation where you're obviously dead, like, Malekith is standing next to you, and you can KO Malekith, and nobody else is around, it depends. Like, yeah, if you're fighting two three-pointers and they're both almost dead, obviously this card has no value. But if you're fighting characters that are going to fucking murder you, then your health has no value. So this card is good. It depends on the situation you're in. I see your point. I I could see how, for example, against Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight, this card feels great because you're about to die. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And high attack, high dice attacks are good against them yeah. because of their high consistent defense. Right. So you'd love to trade your health for, for the chance of killing them. I get right. you. Okay. Next. So here's the card. Oh, I'm just, I just love it so much. Baron Strucker. He is a character. Man. What a character. I think this is a three pointer pushed as absolutely as hard as you could possibly put a th- push a three pointer. My goodness, this guy does just about everything. Ugh, I don't, I don't know where to start. Somebody else start. I don't know where to start. I think this guy's um, phenomenal. Okay, I'll start. Um, I love Strucker. I don't think he is broken. Uh, the reason I love him is because his leadership does something completely different than every other leader in the game. Yes. If you think back to current leaders, they all, uh, like half of them are rerolls. Uh, the other twenty five percent have something to do with movement. Um. And then Asgard removes conditions, potentially. But here, here's one. It's really, really interesting leadership. All about conditions, removal, application. Uh, I love it. I love the design space that he's in. And I, and I love that they went there. I I think I agree with Parker. This guy seems definitely pushed. I think in general, leaders tend to be. Like mm-hmm. Sam is an amazing three-pointer. True. And people don't respect him as just a decent three-point option because people don't consider him like a mercenary drop-in. They consider him an Avenger leader. Mm-hmm. And for so long, that meant they're taxed for their leadership. And that's not the case anymore. Right. This guy's... Um, in fact, it's usually the opposite now. Is Leaders are better than the average character. Yeah. Um, him being able to apply poison to a large area is incredible. Uh, his range three, five dice builder that incinerates is incredible. His uh, The world is mine is whatever. It's an okay spender. His leadership is great. Um, arrogance, arrogance is, is hilarious. Arrogance wonderful. It's okay. Well, it, it just turns all any attack he wants into Dormammu, right? No, it no. turns the attack and the defense roll into count skulls. For each different character. It doesn't oh. say, or when defending. It says, when defending. Oh, oh so, no, I, I, so, yeah, I, I read it as... Both players count skulls. I, yes, I everyone read it. it wrong. Yeah. Okay. So everyone counts skulls, which is cute. That's funny. But hilarious. Uh-huh. Uh, healing factor is fine. And then strategic genius. He has strategic genius. Two three-point strategic genius characters in Hydra is going to be awesome. I, 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 I was like, Zemo, and I, I... Everybody knows Zemo is my boy. I love Zemo. But man, you put them next to each other... Are they both strategic geniuses? Have they already yes. ruled? Yes, it's it the same does rule. not stack. So it doesn't stack. So you have two bubbles for it. Oh, I love Correct. that. I love it. Two bubbles on the board, rerolling. Ugh, <laughs> love it so much. He has healing factor, so uh, extraordinary healing works on him. He's hard. Uh, he's difficult to one shot. Um, he's got four physical defense. Oh man, four three three is getting a lot more common nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a next. The only reason they won't go for energy as a common stat is because of the pay to flips. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree with you, also, Aaron. My mind immediately, I immediately went into my uh, rostering build, uh, roster builder, and just immediately started looking for every single character in the game that puts out a, a special condition, and just like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? It's so cool. But the it's, thing is, it, it's not about putting them out; it's about screwing with your opponent's plans. Like, I'm right. going to incinerate mm-hmm. you. Like, oh, really? Like, uh, or I'm going to stun yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, in fact, I would, I will make it my mission in life to uh, put a stagger onto someone else through his leadership. So does this mean you're playing uh, Mayor Fisk and uh, Terrigen Clouds in every Hydra roster so that you can apply poison and stun to everyone and then pass yours back to their characters? 
Well, if they already have poison, you're not. They're not gaining it, right? Well, but it could be like I'm activating on the side. It gets mm. moved when he scores it. He puts it on me, and I take the poison, and I just give the poison back to him. Yeah. And so that way, when I'm winning the points, you're the one getting debuffed instead of me. Yes, you're playing demons. You're like, oh, I'm incinerated. No, demons no, no, you're incinerated. Demons with priority with Hydra is so <laughs> annoying because like they get incinerated, give the incinerated to you. You weren't even on the point, and then you take <laughs> yeah. incinerate damage. You're like, fuck. Also, things like. Characters like Hawkeye, who just are, you know, pretty standard. I'm going to apply special conditions. Now they're healing every time they attack. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's super cool. All those, like, special condition characters that used to be devalued because special conditions were just okay. Um, yeah. Now, they, in this faction, they also basically have healing factor as long as they're attacking. Yeah. Yeah, I, cool. I really like that. There's a lot of cool stuff that this faction I has. So I haven't even opened the roster to build it. I just saw the card and went like, Yes. I don't know what to do with it until September, but I like the space we're in. Yeah. Yeah, September 9th is going to be a lot of fun. And I know we haven't mentioned it yet, but September 9th is the current scheduled release date for all this stuff. Yeah. For the Hydra Shield stuff. So, now we get to um, my favorite uh, My favorite Taxus card comes with this model. Man, I love this Taxus card. It's Arnim Zola is the, is the model, though. He's a new three-pointer. Uh, he's uh, He is really... I like that he is both... He has, you could see him play with Red Skull. You could see him play with, you could definitely see him play with uh, Strucker. He just looks like a lot of fun. Really interesting character. I like Zola a bunch. Personally, I would play him for just his Tactics card. Because I love his Tactics card so much. It is bonkers. Yeah. He's one of those models, kind of like Venom, that you're like, Venom's pretty good. But that Tactics card, though. Um, I like that he has callbacks. He has scientific hubris, which yes. is relevant of recent discussions. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think let's just go ahead. We've talked about it like five times. Scientific method, which is his card, um, is awesome. You can pretty easily play it on turn one. As long as he can uh, beam somebody with his range four, he automatically gets to play it. Um, and then you automatically choose somebody else. It has to be value three or less within three of him. That character suffers two. They gain a uh, a spender that's a six dice mystical that does extra damage when they roll skulls in their defense, and they also get extra defense dice unless your opponent plays uh, pays two, um, a la Enchantress or Mysterio or uh, any of those others. So does this uh, stack with Enchantress? Yes, yes. It's a different name. Absolutely, yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> No, uh, you would want to play it on Ebony Maw, not Enchantress, because Enchantress just dies to collisions. So yeah, well, you you can't play it on either of them because they're greater than that, three. That's the problem. That's yeah. true. Yeah, Mysterio. My yeah, my fur my favorite version. Uh, I'm really excited to put this on something like X23 because I would love to have. Oh, sorry, not X23. Uh, Nebula. Nebula is the one I want because I want another spender um, that's cheaper for her. Um, it sounds really sick. ESP leakage uh, w- from Nebula sounds awesome. She heals the damage over two turns, so you're not really worried about that. That and... would be hilarious, because if you got to reroll your attack dice, and they're like, oh, you rolled four blocks? I'll just reroll my hits and try to get more skulls to do yeah. auto damage. Yeah. Um, it's, no, it's, in the, it's skulls in the defense roll, not your attack roll. Oh, it's in defense. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's my bad. But, um, so I'm just confirming that I'm technically correct. You can play this on the Hydra Grunts. No, you cannot target Grunts with Tactics cards. Correct. I thought you could. No. Nope. Cannot. They cannot play Tactics cards. You cannot target they cannot be the 
sole target of a tactics card. Huh. They can benefit, like Gambit's Dark Pass, they can gain stealth from it, but they okay. cannot be the, the specific target of a card. Like, Magnet- deal with the devil. They're not a target of the card. It says choose an al- another allied character that's so three. They're not a target. Th- they may not be chosen. How about that? Okay. Well, if that's what it says, then that's fine. Does it say that? Let's go to the rules forums. <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to the rules forums. I will go to the rule book. I got it open just a second. Why are you I why are you wanting to challenge this? What is what is the point of this? Obviously, I'm curious. I want to know if you can or not cuz I think it's actually not a it's dumb, right? Like but I don't yeah, think why? it's a completely invalid option. No, I think it's a completely invalid. Why would you do why would you do that? Cuz you have to pay 2 when you target them. Uh do the characters have point values? I don't think they do. Uh, no, they don't. I would argue that 0 is less than 3. Uh, it's dash, the, the, not they zero. Don't, yeah, they don't have a zero. So, no, you can't target them. They don't have a three. Nothingness value. is below three. No, it's not. <laughs> Nothingness is... A negative symbol is not below the number three. Um, I disagree. Let's sort it alphabetically, see what happens. Uh, okay, here's a question. Do you value ESP leakage, the attack, or the plus two dice on defense more? Leakage is better. Mm, I disagree. I think it's... I think it's... I think they're both amazing. Although I want characters that can use them both... I also want characters that don't care about taking the damage, um, because that's why I want to put them all on healing characters. I don't know. I don't think Laura X twenty three that is would like it very much, but Honey Badger would love this. Why would so, Laura not like this? Uh, she already has a spender that's amazing. I would spend. I spend one more. I would pay one more power to also move medium. Um, now being able to choose uh, the Mystic is not nothing. So she, I think you could like this on Laura. I think you. So when you're playing, Laura being a Mystic attack. And effectively five 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 defense. I mean five five four, right? And she has two. She's two. She's two missing. Five five four. I never played her. Okay, fine. Five five four. Aaron, you are incorrect. They can be the sole targets and chosen as tactics cards. They cannot be chosen as the any target or of an allied team tactics card. So your enemy could choose them. Yeah. Yes. You cannot. You are correct. Absolutely correct. I th- I think X twenty three could really like it, but I think for some reason it's fine on X twenty three. I think it's fine. I also really like it on Honey Badger because it means that she might live a little bit longer. Uh, also, she could finally have a spender because she always has tons of power. Um, uh, so Honey Badger would like it. Nebula would love it. Lizard's um, pretty I stupid d- with it. What's that? Lizard is pretty stupid with it. Lizard Lizard would like it as well. <laughs> He's already tanky. That just tells your opponent, just don't even bother. Yeah. Iron Man's really good with it. Yep. He reduces the damage from playing it on him. Um, what? He can use uh, uh, Friday AI no, on his leakage. It's not an enemy effect. You would take two damage. For getting no, Iron Man just says if you would suffer damage. He's the only one. Oh, really? Even when yeah, they, even he, when they he reduces him? scenario damage by one to a minimum of one. Even when they changed? Even when they, when they reprinted him? They didn't change that ability. Oh. <laughs> it just says suffer damage. Brain is right. Yeah. That's adorable. So yeah, he only suffers one, not two. He gets to Friday AI his ESP leakage, and he's already a survivable character, and they have to spend two to, to not give him six defense dice mm-hmm. on physical. Mm-hmm. I think Iron Man would like it a lot. I, yeah. I agree. Like, there are lots of reasons to play this card on a lot of different people. Hulk would also like it, but it's not a legal <laughs> card. Yeah. Sure. Oh, what about, um, what's her name? Uh, Supergiant. <laughs> I actually thought about Supergiant because she, if she fires her builder twice, she heals the damage, and yeah, um, it's not. She has power to use the spender all the time, right? And uh, she's already super survival against non-physical. She actually have a spender that does a lot of damage, but yeah. you only and if you're one... playing her in, 
you're playing your in here, you just pass off your um your debuffs and you heal an extra one. So you're healing one off of dealing damage to your spender. You're healing one off of passing off the debuff. Like she's super hard to kill. The the she's one effectively thing is, a six seven. But she's already got a five dice mystic attack. Is her is her builder? I don't know if you're super excited to get a six dice. Like oh, just, this is way better than her builder if you don't need the damage. You don't right. need the healing. Yes. It gives her an actual spender. <coughs> but me. you're going to get <coughs> healing anyway. Am I wrong? But it's there if you need more healing. Like, she could heal three a turn now with this. Or, sorry, with the Hydra leadership. Yeah. Uh, uh, she couldn't heal three a turn. Well, she could heal off her builder twice and then heal off of the um, leadership. If she has... A status on her that she could then port to someone else. Yes. Yeah. But Zola could give her one. With poison. Okay. Sure. Or you could give her bleed when she does the whatever the other ability is. Hmm. Yeah, or I think... heals everyone, gives them bleed, and they send that over to the enemy team. And there's so many reasons that... I mean, so many ways you could take Strucker. That's... Mm-hmm. So exciting. Uh, Miss Marvel could re- do rerolls with it. That'd be cute. So she, yeah. she actually has two attacks instead of one. She actually has a spender because she only has builders. You said Miss Marvel? Yeah, Miss Marvel. She only has builders, she has no spenders, and so this would give her a spender. And uh, she re-rolls against everybody smaller than her. She, she rolls three dice, so it's this dice re-rolling three. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all tingly inside. Yeah. Yeah, this card's good. I like that it's so good, you want to take Zola. And Zola, Zola's fine. I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with Oh Zola. no, we have to take Zola. Yeah, oh boy, we have to take Zola. Fucking nine foot tall asthmetic robot. Yeah. Now that card is restricted to Hydra, so he's not. Yeah, yeah, you have to play in Hydra. Yeah, a lot of theirs actually are. All right, one more tactics card, I think. Yeah, Uh, that was scientific method, right? Yes, scientific method. uh, There's another tactics card. I thought we got a ball. Uh, There's one that lets you inevitable betrayal. There you go. I don't think we did this one yet. Oh Uh, yeah, Hydra only reactive during the cleanup phase before victory points are scored. Oh, I love this one. (laughs) Really, allied Hydra character may spend eight to play this card. Choose an enemy character within two. That character is contesting the secure token. The chosen character counts as one of your characters contesting the secure tokens this round. This is exactly what we wanted um, Kingpin's leadership to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this is uh, this is game breaking. Like, what? just play this on the person on the back point on Gamma, and you score three points. There you go. I was gonna say where, when, and it's that <laughs> pay eight. Yeah, pay eight power to score gamma that's what it is the only downside is it has to be a hydra character mm-hmm. that has eight power within two i mean there are a lot of conditions to meet well here. if you had like there's a lot of characters that can get eight power really fast like super giant would be an example she's not hydra <laughs> how is super giant getting to the back point of gamma and how is she not hydra she's not hydra it's still. called a double move that's my point is that you can't use it on her because <laughs> yeah, okay. she's not hydra yeah there's characters that get to 10 power really fast so I, I think that card could be used. I think eight is a steep price to pay. It uh, is a steep price, but I, if, if it was four, how would you feel about it? <laughs> like, it'd be like fucking ban this card now before no. it gets, starts ruining games. I think four would be kind of okay. Five to six is probably more realistic. I don't even think I'd take it at, at eight, to be honest. One of, the, one of the problems with it is you need exactly gamma, right? How else are you? I guess you could score two. Oh right, sometimes. no, it's not every in every scenario. Card. Yeah, I think it's a precisely gamma when you might uh, see this work. Gamma researcher, um, maybe one of the double scores like the. Re- how, would, how would it work on researcher? 
you they're contesting it. What do you mean? Mm, secure oh, it's objective secure. tokens it's, it's, only. It's, yeah, it's secure. Yeah, so it's um, I, I, the problem with like things like Terrigen is if I have a character that can go that far to go get within two of my opponent, I'd ra- I, I could just contest it instead, and I would don't have to spend a tactics card and eight power to make that happen. Well, but so let's say you're both on the point, right? Well, now you have two characters on the point, so you can win two v one. That's true. Because you're not just canceling them, you're gaining them. But you would have to... So yeah, so if your character has 8 power, can get on the point, and the other two characters standing there, yeah, then you can gain 2 victory points. But 8 power for 2 victory points? I, I'd, I'd rather two, play... Well, it's it's not just that you're getting the victory points, but they're potentially losing it. This could be a, like a 4 victory point swing fairly easily. I see that point, yeah. The question I have to ask is, mm. is that going to win you the game? If it I is, think it might save the game, let you keep playing. True, but now you're going to be sitting next to two characters with zero power. Uh, I, I would like to think that I could have better long-term game-altering decisions that I can make with those eight power, or effects, rather. So I think this is an, an immediate yeah. swing that's putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound that you need sutures for in most games. That I would. Yeah, I don't think think. you play this unless the scenario is right. And I think if you're putting this in your squad, you have a character that's intended to be playing it. Um, Zemo, for example, if you never use his spender, can get a lot of power, and he can go across the fucking table and take a point that you, your opponent didn't think he could take. I will agree that there are situations where this could be useful. Yeah, I like this card a lot. The theme is on point, right? I love Um, the theme. Yeah, I just think it's overcosted. All right, what's next, Parker? Um, the next thing is that we know that Hydra gets uh, uh, some terrain that's also going to come with an encounter. So it's got a couple turrets and then the, a big-ass tank. And the tank doubles as either a piece of terrain or if you put uh, Red Skull on top, it's actually a full encounter. So there's going to be a crisis encounter around terrain. Ultimate encounter. Sorry, ultimate encounter. I'm sorry. Ultimate. I've never played encounter. one of these. I don't believe they actually exist. What? I don't you think. One of these, oh, that's right? right. I did play. I played the Wakanda one. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, that's not. That's not an ultimate encounter. Okay, then I never played one. It's um, a narrative event. That was a narrative event. Cool. Maybe so, if you ever showed up to play games, that would not be the case. Uh, I play a lot of GIST, uh game, and I don't think ultimate encounters actually exist, according to uh, Jeremy. He's only played like four ever, and they're all like he's like a rape victim every time he talks about them. They're just terrible. <laughs> he definitely does not enjoy them, and he, I don't know why. He just hates them. I, it, and since he, I think, I, it's I think the, he and it's I like, would have similar feelings about them. I think I would see the problem them. is it's like a board game. You have to sit down and just like listen to the rules for twenty minutes, and then try and play it for the first time with zero experience, and you always lose. Yeah, just, because would, you don't know what you're doing. I would so, so much rather be playing a game. I think they're actually really entertaining. But yeah, you kind of need to play the game once to kind of get a feel for it. So usually what I recommend is people play as the heroes once, just as a crash course, just get through it really quickly, then play as the bad guy once, and then they'll enjoy it from then on. I think they're really entertaining. Um, So far, the um, I think the Ultron one is the best one to start with. The Hulk one is just silly. If you have people have low attention spans, just play the Hulk one, because it's just kill each other. Um, And then beyond that, I think... Magneto is the second hardest one to play, and Thanos is the hardest by far. So Hydra will have one. Cool. Yeah, Hydra will have one. And they've said that the whole point is that uh, Red Skull just drives his tank over all the heroes. Yeah. That's how it works. 
Aaron, are you su- are you super excited to buy Hydra based terrain so you have a ultimate encounter? No. <laughs> Hot also take. Also, no. <laughs> I do think it looks pretty cool, but it looks like completely unusable terrain. Like, yeah, it, it looks so hard. Yeah. How do you put? A I don't know how the top? fuck you're supposed to put a single bottle on any of yeah. those terrain pieces. Yeah. Um, even the Logan rival set, like you, you could actually put somebody on top of that. It looks. You could, but you could. it's not really a terrain piece. It's no. a diorama. Right. Um, it's actually a size five terrain piece. I think. Yeah. yeah. You could you could definitely put that on well, the board. I mean, if you think, then we better write it down. <laughs> Shit. Let's let's go back to the Logan section, Parker. Put in five size terrain piece. <sighs> tickety tickety tap tap tap. It's in. Um so, uh we also got some teasers. This is just like, you know off the cuff comments. Yeah, off the cuff comments. The uh yep, there's gonna be new Hulk models and a card, new Modoc model and a card. Uh, they talked about new web warriors coming. Oh, you're just gonna move past new Hulk, new Modok? I don't give a shit. Uh, as wave eleven point two uh, or wave one point two. Uh, lots of mutants apparently coming, and uh, more spider foes. Which the reason why I you guys were talking about like earlier like teasers. I don't actually um, like these kind of teasers because it's kind of like saying there'll be more models coming out for factions in this game. You're like, okay, cool. Like, oh, I disagree. Uh, These are my favorite of kind of spoilers. This is uh, exactly what I want. I want this six months before something comes out, and then a month before it comes out, I want them to show me the model. Okay, sure. Though th- that's fine. What I mean is, this does nothing for me. Like, I don't care. Yeah. If if they never, if I did not hear of these things, I would be living the same universe I'm living in right now. Like, I don't. I know. I know some people get really giddy when they hear this kind of stuff. I don't. Uh, like, of okay. course there. Of course there will be new models. Yes, that's true. There will be. Like you just said, whoa, you're just going to blow over Hulk and MODOK? I go, yes, of course I am. Of course. I think New Hulk is. New Hulk and New MODOK is kind of exciting. New Hulk was like, yeah, we knew that was happening eventually. New MODOK is like, oh, wow, you're making a second MODOK? That really surprises me. That. I've told. Uh, what, when did I say? Yeah, it was Heimdall and Scourge. I will no longer be surprised. I've decided. I no longer, okay. I will, I can no longer be surprised. I think, I think I'm just throwing some, some feelers out there. I think that it might be Emperor Modok from the end of the Modok TV show where he's like, he's got like a super fancy chair. It's like all made of gold and stuff. I think it'll be the, the new Modok they have in the comics. Like the new age Modok looks very different. He's actually a member of shield in the new comics. So I think he's like a, he like <clears throat> basically traded, secrets over in exchange for amnesty and ends up getting embroiled in shield and falls in love with maria hill of all characters and so like i i bet it's i bet new modok is a shield model um that's my that's what, that's what i wonder he'll be pretty sleek and sexy all the new the new modok for gosh like a decade now he's been not been the big blocky cylindrical one he's been a very sleek you know slopey yeah like a, very slopey like a jet oh, can you just use the words uh, I wonder and I bet. Which one did you mean? Uh, I wonder. <laughs> okay. Uh, Aaron, I have a question for you. Who are the next Asgardians going to be? Uh, Valkyrie on a Pegasus. Fired. <laughs> I think it's a really good. I think it's really good. Yeah. I mean, they've already. <clears throat> they couldn't possibly do Sif, right? They couldn't possibly. Yeah, definitely no reason to to do Sif at all. I don't think... Anyway, I don't think they will. moving on, they said new Spider-Foes and new Web Warriors. Clearly symbiotes, right? Uh, Anti-Venom makes sense. Agent Venom makes sense. King Venom, Symbiote maybe? Symbiote Spider-Man. Sp- Symbiote Spider-Man. Symbiote Spider-Man makes sense. 
Uh, I think the new Asgardian actually will be Mighty Thor. Uh, I don't know why I'm thinking it's not Mighty Thor. Like, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. If they haven't teased that yet, it's not coming ever. I think that's true. It should, it would have been, well, originally the spoilers were supposed to be before the movie came out. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why they spoiled more Asgardians and we don't know about them. Like, why, why would you tease Asgardians when we just got Asgardians? Why is there only a two character box set for Asgardians? Like, they could have easily just done a second box set. I don't understand. Anyway. So that's mini extravaganza. Um, that's news. Yeah. So thanks to Parker and Aaron taking an hour and 15 minutes to get through what was supposed to take 20 minutes, um, we are no longer going to have a main topic. This is your fault, Parker. You're the slowest reader in the history of words. I blame you. All I read was... You know, I'm not going to defend myself. I see the smirk on your face. I'm not even going to try defending myself. I'm being very serious. <laughs> I can I can see it. I can see I was it. like, I want to get through news in about 20 minutes. You're like, nah, it's probably not going to happen. And then you decided to triple it and quadruple if it. You, I heard somebody distinctly say, I think we should probably give like our hot takes, our two cents. And I was like, okay. okay. I read All not right. a single card. I read the names of cards. Uh-huh. You had zero urgency. Zero at all. All right, uh, so moving on. We could do this again. This is just recorded. We could just... Yeah, that's what we want to do, I right? Could, I Parker, guess, you I good spend... to stay till 3 a.m.? Oh, I could spend 20 minutes. I, I think I could... I'll spend 20 minutes to see if it's possible. <laughs> for well, it's easy. You just read the stuff and then say yes, and then move on. I know, that's anyway. terrible content. <laughs> it's not terrible. We could have gotten through that a lot faster. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I believe our content is quality. I, I think it um, was long, but also good. It was long. Yeah, it was fine. I'm not complaining about the content. I'm complaining about that it took an hour, twenty minutes. It was also mini extravagant Ganza. So I was going to say, it, it, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, they, what, how many hours did they have talking about it? A lot more. All right. So does anybody change what they're currently playing? Anything? Anybody got anything new? I am uh, switching up Shadowlands for a combined Shadowlands Malakath roster in the TTS league. So we're going to see how that goes next week. Do we have any spoilers, like who you're going to add with Malekith, or just be like Malekith? So, TBD, I don't submit the roster, and I still have zero testing games with him or it. Uh, however, I didn't realize Mystique, which is already in my roster, is uh, already Cabal-affiliated, so that helps. Mm-hmm. So is Hood. Uh, yes. So the core is going to be Malekith, Hood, Bullseye, Mystique. I will probably add Zemo, uh, and then Killmonger. Killmonger was already in my roster. So I'm dropping... Modok, Vision, and Rocket for uh, Malekith, Zemo, and Luke Cage. You're dropping Modok so that you can play Cabal? Yes. (laughs) Got it. There's no need for Malekith and Modok in the same list. I was never using Modok. We just talked about how good it was. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. Anyway, that's what I am probably doing, although I may try to get one or two games in before I submit on Friday. Why Luke Cage? What, What Luke Cage... Uh, because Luke Cage keeps Malekith alive. Okay. I have a seven-point model whose weakness is dying. Luke Cage fixes that problem. What about, why not Scourge? That Scourge does nothing for that problem. He's got the exact same rule! He does exactly the same thing. Uh, he doesn't come with a card that says, no, you're attacking me instead. Okay, so you're doing it for Heroes for Hire. Got the combination of Two Dangerous If you have Heroes space for Hire. Heroes for Hire, then yes, but, you know... I don't. I, I am out of tactics card slots. I don't know what I'm going to do yeah. there. So Scourge is just affiliated. Mm-hmm. Which we just talked about. And you were like, that doesn't matter. I'm like, well, it kind of matters. It, Yeah. So Luke Cage is really the only one that's not affiliated in my list. So 
I think in a in a in a vacuum, Luke Cage is better than Scourge because of the card. Yes. Yes. That is unquestionable. <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> but sure. But if you're not taking the card. All the then... way. Oh, no, no, no. Clearly taking the card. The only okay. reason I would take Scourge is because he synergizes with Dark Reign where Luke Cage doesn't. Okay. So you, you said you don't have room for cards because you've already selected your new card you're playing with? Uh, a version of them, yes. Okay. I'm just confirming that you like you have space for all the new Cabal cards that you're going to be adding. Uh, barely, but yes. Because I have to change it up. For Sacrifice, Smash, and Heroes for Hire, and Dark Reign, so I had to add those four. Really, you think you need Smash? I don't think you need Smash, but Malekith has a beam four, and he's size four. It seems almost too good to pass up with yeah, good mobility. Maybe. So you're right, you could charge Builder and then beam the world, and then Black Bifrost back. I mean, there's so many wild possible combinations. Having said this, I'm only playing Malekith if my opponent is playing Malekith. Otherwise, I'm going to continue to run the Shadowlands train to death. Okay. Um, I tried Scarlet Witch in Convocation instead of Ebony Maw. It's a very entertaining switch because you literally trade for the exact copy of the card that says a different character's name on it. (laughs) Then uh, swap the exact same five-point characters, basically. Uh, The biggest difference I've seen is that Ebony Maw is more flexible and generates more power. Um, that's really the question is, do you want more power and more board control or do you want more damage and more disruption? So you would say that which puts out more damage. I would definitely say which puts out more damage. Um, counting the skulls is a huge spike in damage. Plus her spender is actually a killer and Ebony Maw's spender is just like a decent eight, eight dice attack. Like he's usually doing three or four with it as where Scarlet Witch is usually dazing people when she plays it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, it's hard for her to get to six, and Ebby Maw only needs to get to, like, four to do um, Black Tongue or whatever it's called. Just wonder if his do. long throw is able to put out more damage on average than which is medium. Um, I don't think the range long is super important. It is nice to have, and obviously better, but I I think that her damage output is just superb. The, the big deal is that she only has the range three spender, and he has the range four spender. Um, but really it just comes down to he generates three a turn and she only gets the one, so she has to deal damage to get going. Um, you have two characters in affiliation that can move her, and so you have plenty of mobility for her, so it's not really an issue. I think I made the mistake of taking Clea to just, like, teleport her around, and that's a waste. She doesn't need it. Like, if I really need to move her, I can just use Strange, mm-hmm. and that would that would have been fine, and that could have had, like, a more efficient three-pointer, like, magic to drop in. Um, and that would have been much better. Um, so I'll probably try it one more time with Scarlet Witch, and then I'll go back to Ebony Maw. I think he's slightly better. He's more consistent, anyway. I think that's what they need. Uh, yeah, it's also the no-throwing thing. One more one more way to stop the throw damage. It's pretty cool. Right. Well, she's. I would actually argue she's better on defense in general. Six yeah. defense dice is okay. Um, four defense dice with skulls is about equivalent. It's close, and but they can't spend the two to get through it, right? Right. So it's, yeah. Ebony Ma is annoying, as where Scarlet Witch, I think, is good, but she's not consistent, and she's costly. Mm-hmm. I think Ma is better early, and then his defense falls off a cliff as soon as the enemy has a bunch of power. Yeah. And so it just turns into they don't attack him early, and they don't end up spending anything. Yep. Parker, do you have anything you want to talk about? Still uh, playing the same stuff? 
Yeah, I'm playing Inhumans. I don't know if we talked about that in the last cast, but uh, we never talked about the secret sauce list. Yeah. So this has this list has. Um, we're trying to find a reason to play Inhumans because I I really okay. like Black Bolt as a character. He was doing a lot of the things I like in the game, and so I really wanted an excuse to play Black Bolt. And uh, Brandon and I sat down and really crunched a list together for like an hour and a half. It was really interesting. So the secret sauce of this list is actually uh, Mr. Sinister. Because I love Sinister. I think he's really cool. But when I tried to play him in his own faction, Cabal, uh, it was very inconsistent um, to get his power that he needs to constantly be beaming to summon people. But Inhumans uh, constantly give him exactly the amount of power he needs. Um, He never really is worried about making sure he has the beam. So right now, I actually have not put him down while I'm playing it. Because I also learned while playing Cabal that if you don't get the scenario you want, he is really hard to work. <laughs> you want He is not a dueler. He doesn't want to be going one-on-one or one-on-two. Uh, he likes to be in the middle of a scrum, making sure all this stuff works. So I'm really excited to finally get a scrum uh, on a random scenario rule um, so I can put him down and see how he does. But one thing I learned, I've learned about Inhumans after playing a bunch is I did not value the networking uh, power enough. I thought it was just worse than A-Force um, or Avengers or um, um, any of the other power-broking factions like Magneto, Brotherhood. I actually devalued it way too low, I think. It's really interesting to be able to constantly have exactly the amount of power you need. It could be better um, to just gain lots of power all the time, like some factions do. However, the one thing about Inhumans that I like is it's on demand. Any turn, any power goes anywhere, as long as you're within three. So as long as you're not spreading out too far, uh, the ability to decide with perfect knowledge what you need to do is the part that I really appreciated about it. Um, Unlike with A-Force, you do damage to me, but so I have to put the power somewhere, and I have to you know, do this maybe at the beginning of the turn, before I know how the end of the turn is going to look, or before you move me or throw me or damage or daze somebody. So a lot of things could happen after I put the power down. But within humans, at the start of my turn, I know exactly where my power goes. It goes here. And then I'm always just surprised if I do a little bit extra damage. I've I've never felt like I moved the power away and screwed myself. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's always been like, oh, a power got moved to Ghost Rider. Now he can move long. Or a power got moved to Medusa. Now he she could move... Uh, somebody else or power got moved to, to lockjaw and now he can you know uh, uh, buff my damage and teleport somebody uh, black cat can now steal like it's it's been really interesting to always have perfect knowledge of where my power is which is not what it says on the card <laughs> the card it says zero sum to gain of power and you go oh that sounds bad but perfect knowledge is pretty useful i do think in the long game it is worse um the nice thing though is there's a lot of times you can power share Let's say you've got Punisher who's got one power. You can steal power off somebody else, then use your Spec Ops training to move into range, do your gainer attack, and then when the other model goes to activate, take the power back. Right. And so I think there's a lot of times stuff like that happens. Like, well, Zemo wants to use his, you know, reroll all my dice mechanics so he can steal a power from somebody, spend the two and do that, then his builder gets him a bunch of power back because he's now gotten a more efficient attack, then give it back to them on their turn. Yeah. And so there's times that that happened where it's just a, it's just a benefit because you're getting to share the power. Right. And the fact that you get to do it on every one of your turns. And like I said, it's a very much a networking effect, which I really dig. In a lot of games, I've liked networking resources, that kind of thing. So, so far, I've really enjoyed Inhumans. Have you found the leadership better in the early game? 
which is what I would imagine, or has it been pretty effective throughout? I've seen it really effective throughout. Um, the early game is really fun for things like Black Hat. Uh, so far, I've only played against single extracts, and so Black Hat just sits there, and my opponent goes, well, I guess this is a bad idea for me to try to go to get this extract. So that's really cool. Um, it's kind of a boogeyman early, but later what happens is that it just it greases, like I said, it greases the wheels, it turns on things that you weren't expecting to get turned on. Um, like Medusa moving somebody where there's a big uh, a scrum in the middle. Um, they didn't expect that because Medusa didn't have enough power. My opponent will purposely not attack certain characters, right? Because they go, oh, I don't want to give that character power because they'll be able to use it for some cool thing. You're like, well, in two turns, that character will already have enough power because I'm just going to give him two power and eventually he'll have it. So um, I've noticed that my opponent, uh, my second opponent was like, when did they get power for that? I go, over the past three turns, I've been giving this character one power each turn. And they're like, oh, huh. I was like, yeah. So now, <laughs> yeah. now it happens. So... This is a classic example of when your leadership is better than you think it is, and that's why Cyclops is terrible, because his leadership is worse than you think it is. <laughs> yes. You imagine a worthless ability that just had blank text, it's worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. I've also the native reroll feels a little bit like I'm playing criminals all the time. Um I don't have as many attacks as I do in criminals, but the constant rerolls for most of my characters um feels good. Um also, plus one, like I've played Lockjaw every time so far, and uh, the plus one damage dice happening constantly has also not been nothing. It turns on characters like, you're like Black Hat, you know, only has a four dice with Pierce. They're like, oh, wait, it's a five dice with Pierce. So Black Hat actually dazed somebody. Like, mm -hmm. um, it turns on support characters that normally are behind the curve in damage. It just puts them onto the curve in damage. So it's been pretty, pretty yeah. useful. Well, a lot of. Um, inhuman characters have mediocre attacks and so getting to from mediocre to premium for very little investment is really nice mm -hmm. um, yeah it's been I, I have been very impressed by humans so far I expected to feel like they're like like kind of what I did with Cabal I was really excited for Cabal and then I tried them and they real felt like a face plant um, but inhumans have been the opposite I've been really liking how they work actually good my how the turntables have rearranged themselves. <laughs> um, so I feel like now Inhumans are slowly climbing up the ladder because as characters are released, they interact well with their leadership and their other abilities. Um, it's great. And then Asgard, who started at the very top, have just been like they're walking over like a fucking vegetable slicer and just like cuts their feet out from other them every three weeks. It's like, oh, this character got errated. This character got errated. This ruling came back in a negative way. This card got banned. This card got restricted. This card is now terrible. And like, yeah. it just like keeps cutting them down to a smaller and smaller size. It's and true. now Asgard have literally gone from the best to the worst affiliation. Yeah, As in my opinion. Asgard has felt like a Zeppelin, right? Just the Hindenburg. Yeah. And the yeah. Inhumans are feeling kind of like a submarine. They're actually like, slowly mm -hmm. skating and gaining power as as are we just going to talk about 1940s travel technologies yes <laughs> that this is my analogy yes okay <laughs> i don't know i played two games with asgard last week and i had a, a hell of a fun time with doom prophecy heimdall that shit was fun oh i think they're fine like there's nothing in this game is unplayable it's like when i call something trash i just mean it's three percent worse than the next thing which should be <laughs> obvious yeah, it is, it is hard if you're new to this game and you hear somebody saying, oh, man, they're so bad. And you're like, well, they're so bad is so relative in this game. Yeah. Um, that's very relative. All right. Um, Parker, do you have a comic corner for us? Oh, yeah. Um, so we haven't talked at all about these guys today, 
But if you're a Guardians of the Galaxy fan, uh, if you like the movies, um, it's kind of hard to know where to get started with comics for Guardians of the Galaxy because different writers have taken over them so many times. And every time somebody takes over, they really rewrite them um, and they kind of take it under their wing. And they're a very flexible group like that. Um, And so I would recommend if you've never read a Guardians of the Galaxy comic before um, recently, quite recently, Al uh, Ewing took them on and you can get the graphic novels now he, he had three volumes of graphic novels but um i think it was like would that be like almost 30 issues and he did uh al ewing's Guardians galaxy run is fantastic he does a really interesting job of of setting up a, a almost a, something that happened to the avengers recently in the avengers comics which is um the galaxy is is you have lots of situations all over the place, right? They're the guardians of the galaxy, but generally that means for most writers that they just go and protect earth, right? Cause the galaxy always mm-hmm. wants to come and fight earth. And so the guardians always come to protect earth. That's where they always end up. But Al Ewing said, no, 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 we're actually going to try to, you know, protect the entire galaxy. Well, who would want to do that? Who would, who would be interested in that? Well, not the guardians per se. Um, they're all kind of misfits and they're a lot more self-centered. So what about, uh, new characters. So he actually put, uh, brings Nova. Um, the Nova Corps is gone. It, it collapsed under the weight of its own uh, policing duties. But uh, one of the last remaining Novas uh, from the Earth, um, Nova Corps, um, basically takes a leadership role in the Guardians uh, after Star-Lord kind of steps back and doesn't want to do it anymore. And so Nova is actually kind of running the show and directing them a lot. And you get to see how a different dynamic of somebody who's super altruistic and wants to very much use the guardians to guard the galaxy. Like what would that look like? And uh, they decide to introduce a bunch of really cool bad guys, uh, you know, every different universal force. Like if you, if you like the scrolls, if you like the Shi'ar, if you like uh, gladiator, if you like, you know, mystical stuff like Dormammu, uh, Brandon, Dr. Doom makes an appearance. Um, like they, they literally try just about everybody in the Marvel universe shows up at least one point in this, which you, it sounds kind of like a hot mess when I say it like that. But then, you know, the point is the guardians of the galaxy, they're supposed to feel like they're constantly, you know, uh, fighting fires over an entire galaxy. How hard would that be? How exhausting would that be? How tight knit and how focused would you have to be as a group to try to manage that? And that's what it's about. Um, the thing I like most about this run is that Al Ewing focuses on this idea of, if you really put everything aside and you really decided you were going to try to guard the galaxy, how selfless would you have to be? And with these characters, some of them very selfish, uh, you know, what would they have to reconcile? Um, really good run. I think if you wanted to see Guardians of the Galaxy probably being done better than anybody else I've ever tried uh, to see run Guardians of the Galaxy, it's this one by Al Ewing. There's three volumes. You should check them out. Okay. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Um, Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed us reading over the uh, cool spoilers we've gotten recently. Uh, This has been Brandon. And Dr. Mantis Tobogan, MD. And A.A. Ron. And this has been the Gang's Podcast Extravaganza. So what are we going to call this thing? Ah, I got it. Okay. Incredible new 
fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down Infamous. We did it. Yeah, buddy. Can I just say, you say the word we all the time, and I really appreciate that, but really it's you did it. Because none of this would actually happen if you didn't sit down for, I don't know, some indeterminate ridiculous amount of time every week to make sure all these things were like put together and then put on the internet in a way that makes sense on multiple platforms. It kind of blows my mind. The amount of attention and energy you give this is so much higher than my energy of activation. I think I would have made it like two casts, I think, if I had to do what you do every week, just so you know. So what you're saying is your your podcast dues check is lost in the mail. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, thank you. I'm glad you appreciate it. Um, I do. It is, uh, at this point, it's more repetition than work. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah. I want you to know it's it's really cool. Just the other day, I was, I I think I called you while you were working on it, and uh, and I we talked for like an hour while I was folding laundry, and oh yeah, I was still not done. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I was like, after as I was folding laundry, I was like, like this is a like laundry in my house is a super pain in the ass. It takes hours and hours and hours every week. But you know, it's it's something I have to do, or else my children don't have clothes. And you're just you know putting this out, doing this you know for the community and and. Because it's just you know effective and, and fun content creation. I, I think it's cool. I just think it's really cool that you dig deep for that every week. And like you said, I, I know sometimes it's not that hard, but it is cool that you do it. Uh, so you saying that got me in the mood to go check and see. I can't remember honestly how many different platforms we're on. Mm. Um, let's see, podcast availability. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, Castbox. Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Spotify. Oh, and Anchor. And some of our episodes are on YouTube, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, are we flagged for COVID misinformation on all of them? Yeah, I actually Spotify? meant to bring that up last week. I totally <laughs> forgot. Uh, thanks to Jeremy saying that uh, COVID's not going to kill him, we are now flagged for being um, COVID misinformation podcast. And when I found out that our podcast now, at least on Spotify, has a little button at the top, you know, you know, click here for more COVID information, I yeah. actually thought, I felt like we're now doing a public service. The fact that that very innocent comment now spreads more positive, you know, truthful information about COVID and, and what you should do, I think it's, I think it's great. I think more people should get flagged for COVID. <laughs> uh, let's see, where's, I had us, so I'm checking our Spotify now. I had a hard time saying that with a straight face. To confirm that we are or are not. Oh, it's only episode 93 was flagged. Okay, so oh. we are not flagged as a podcast. Well, it specifically says learn about COVID-19. Yeah, that's what it says. It doesn't say that we're lying. It just says, by the way, now that you're going to listen to this, you should probably get some good information while uh-huh. you're at it. So that that's cute. Yeah. All right, that's that's great. Yeah, uh, when Connor told me about that, I was really I was shocked that they that somebody listened to this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's just some software algorithm that caught it, but yeah. So um, we got um, some not um, happy responses from our uh, roast the forums episode. 
And so that got me thinking. And then so I was randomly just looking at our numbers. And it's actually, let's see here. I was curious. What date was this published? Okay, so it's not the same one. I think our forum episode was two weeks ago, right? Yeah. So our follow-up to the forum episode was actually uh, one of our most popular podcasts so far. Because people wanted to know if we would say anything after the giant splash we made. Yeah. What would come of this, they thought. Little do they know, not much. Nothing. It's pretty boring. <laughs> we, we got him. <laughs> yeah, uh, the week after the forum episode had tripled the plays of the week of the forum episode. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. No, you know, no, uh, no, no bad press, right? No such thing. Yeah, no such thing as bad press. <laughs> we, we make a splash, and here we go. Now, now we're big time. All right, episode rankings. Uh, all-time most popular f- episode ranking is tie between episode 84 and 71. Yeah, episode 84. If only I think... there was a way to know which <laughs> what was on those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we could make that happen again. Um, going to episode 84. 84 was what is best. I think that was a rating episode. I think we talked about, is that the tactics card episode? I think that was... Uh, probably? I think that was... My brain doesn't go back that far mm-hmm. when I've been drinking. Uh, and then episode 71 was a podcast in crisis. <laughs> I think that's when we rated the, the crisises. Uh-huh. Is it that, that was a, Yeah, that was a good one. We talked about like how to pair them up, how to group them and stuff too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Back before we ran out of content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> We reached the we reached the edge of the universe. Yeah, flat Earth is the edge. It's still probably. Whoa! Now we're having another blue bar. Thanks. <laughs> Learn about the shape of the planet, like bar above <laughs> us on Spotify. Yeah, we just talked about this, Parker. Yeah, you're right. And what were you gonna say? I was gonna say crisis selection is still probably my hardest part. Like I can fix holes by building rosters, and I'm like, well, shit. What kind of crises do I want to play now? Uh, it's probably yeah. the wrong ass backward way to build stuff, but. Uh, I figure well, you've got that... to... Go ahead. No, you finish. I was say, you, you've got to build a roster that can deal with any crisis, because you don't know what your opponent's bringing. Yeah. So, if I'm building stuff that can tackle anything, like, I, I'm not... I can't build for something in particular and forget everything else. Like, only if I get ease or I lose. Well, that's a horrible idea, so... Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to write this down. This is going to be next week's topic. This is... I think this is a good one. So, crisis selection... Um, small pond versus big lake. We just had a huge conversation about that with my Inhumans list. That's been one of my... Yeah. And so this is a conversation that we've had at the store several times, which is probably why I never thought to have it here. But basically, we we get confirmation bias because there's, there's been less travel recently with COVID and all the other issues and stuff. So there hasn't been as much like national travel for this game and so everyone's still playing these little pods and one thing that we got into is we thought that the kingpin criminal list was so oppressive that you had to build half your list around it because one of our better players is playing it and then on the national meta nobody even knows what the fuck kingpin does half the time and we're like well how do you guys beat kingpin it's like well no one plays kingpin i'm like well I mean, I guess in this world yeah you can play scoundrels but like in any other world you couldn't and so it's just it's just weird. I want to talk about that. Yeah, I like that a lot. 
All right, yeah, we'll talk about that more next time. Anyway, uh, I did have something I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, um, can you guys quickly take a look around you, find any Chex Mix or cups of ice, and throw them in the garbage real quick before we get started? (laughs) We good? Okay, we're good. I got a thumbs up. Deal. You guys just like giving me a stroke. (laughs) Let's keep you on your toes. Um, did anybody actually watch all the streams? No. No, Parker? I... No. I only watched one. I was busy. Well, I wasn't busy. I just got distracted. On the plus note, I'm rewatching Always Sunny again. I should have watched Always Sunny. Yeah, that I was watching more entertaining. I was watching Obi-Wan. I did watch some Obi-Wan. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. I built my Scourge. Hmm. I built and, and painted I, my Scourge. I mostly built my Heimdall. He doesn't have the little thing around him yet. So, so he's, he's fully built, what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to put it on. Okay. I think it looks cool. I just mm. want to paint him before I put it on. Yes, absolutely. I don't know why I rushed to assemble everything in this game, like, as fast as I can. Um, so just I can so play you it. can stick it in a box and mail it somewhere? Mm, no. Uh, so I can, you know, so I can play it. I want to be able to just start playing it. But... Uh, for some reason, those two models, I put them down. They're just sitting on the shelf. I just don't. I don't see myself picking them up anytime soon. I don't know why. They're both fantastic. I don't know why. I have no, I have no excuse. I just don't want it. It's the problem um, with pre-releasing or pre-teasing everything. Like I would love to play some uh, Scourge and Cabal and just kind of have fun with him and Enchantress and test out his tactics card. But instead, it's like, well, shit, I've got Malekith and Hydra coming down the list. I need to get ready with those. Um, so anyway. I really miss um, being in the dark, honestly. Like, it feels like way too many people just live in the future. And not just in this game, in general. Like, like we know when movies come out, like, two years for the even fucking release. Because people are talking about, like, oh, this project just got green lit. And there's, like, they haven't even cast anybody or come up with a script yet. And it's like, well, all we get to hear about now is, you know, like is the new Lord of the Rings series going to be good? I'm like, well, when I heard about it, I was super excited. And then I saw a trailer for it. And I was like, what is this? And it had been so long, I forgot they were doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck me. Mm-hmm. I remember the time I was like, this is the line. We have gone too far. And I think it was, um, uh, what? No, what's the, the last Jedi? This, this episode eight, episode eight. I saw a little teaser in the theater it was like 22 months before the movie was supposed to come out. Like it was like the, it was a year. We, we saw a movie in like November and it was coming out, not the following year, but the year after that. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like, why would you tell me? Like, you're just going to piss me off. My thing also is I don't need like a production play by play. Like I constantly get yeah. updates by things. Just like new Disney plus films, co-star says this on twitter and now you're like i don't give a shit like i don't care what's going on with a production team or a single person playing a bit part in something that i will see maybe eventually like i don't but i'm constantly getting that kind of information in my life my brother and i had this conversation once about video games how we remember when video games used to come out and when they came out it was a really big deal like who knows how this how good this video is going to be let's go play it right but now you know so much about everything about a video game as it's being made. There have been games that have been dead on release 
that had nothing to do with the, with the game. It was just like, did you know that there was some sexual harassment lawsuit against the associate producer for this game? Well, I'm not buying it. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> like, why? Why does why does this insane amount of transparency for con for the content that we want? You know, how do these things match up with with you know how it is that you'll enjoy it? Yeah. At least right. with at least with minis games, the one thing you have to deal with is you know what you guys the 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 frequency of knowing what's mm. coming next and the the bias that comes. And with that, but. just for clarity, I'm not complaining about knowing about like Hydra and Shield. Like that's obviously fine. Sure, but. And I like the teasers. I like, like, oh, Sentinels are on the way. But I think we're getting a little over the top with showing cards, like, like weeks or months early. Yes. And mainly just because it's causing people, like, well, I want to play it now. It's like, well, that's not how this works. Like, they want to be like, oh, my God. Like, they did it almost perfectly with Juggernaut, I would say. Juggernaut's like, well, Juggernaut's got 16 hit points, and he's, you know, speed short. But he has other ways to move himself. And then you're like, oh, man, what's going to happen? Like, everybody's just freaking out. Yeah, I concur. I would much rather have teasers for what's coming down uh, with cards no more than two weeks before physical release. Yeah, Tactics cards I'd be fine with spoilers on. Like, if they showed the Red Skull card, uh, Cult Research, and we were like, oh my god, what is Red Skull gonna do? Like, that could be fun. But nobody's, like, trying to play the card at a local game shop. Like, it just, I don't know, annoys me. Like, there's a, there was a whole group of players in Kansas City that we basically never played with for the first, for, like, a year into the game because all they wanted to do was play spoiler stuff and we didn't want to play spoiler stuff. So it was like, well, we've just rifted our community into two groups and they'll never play each other again. I am looking for a message I got from somebody. Um, yeah. My wife said to ignore that. Yeah. I can't remember what this person's name was. Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, are you interested in going to the Omaha qualifier, Aaron? 30th of July? Yeah, I think we already talked about this, right? The answer is yes. I'm riding with you and Perrin. Okay. And I want to say Jeremy was talking about it, but he never got back to us. Yeah, here it is. Uh, oh, Jeremy says he is going. Okay. Um, cool. I'm just confirming. Did you buy a ticket or anything? No. Okay. I didn't either. I'm just confirming because I don't believe they had anything like that set up. I'm messaging the guy running it right now and confirming that we don't need to pre-register or anything. I don't think you're a huge stats guy. But did you look at the uh, the TTS stats I sent out? Uh, I saw that you posted them. I did not get a chance to look at them. The only I thing... am kind of a stats person. Okay. But I, I think... Like... Go ahead. I don't like um, when stats are overly inconclusive because of small sample size. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't looked at these at all. Like I think after the... six rounds, there'll be a lot more data than after two, but it's still, yeah. I don't know what. Perfect example games. right here. <laughs> Unaffiliated 100% win rate. <laughs> Fucking yes. <laughs> right. So obviously with a, with a sample size of one, like who cares? Exactly. Exactly. So and I so consider... like, I just hate how people will quote, well, such and such is overpowered. They have a 75% win rate. It's like, it's a three game sample. It's a four game sample size. You fucking idiot. Like, right. So I consider balance in a game to be a win rate between 45 and 55%. And that's probably a larger range than most people would allow. Hmm. Um, 
But if you use that range, there are only three affiliations, well, I guess there's four, that are above that, which is interesting. Wakanda, Syndicate, Guardians, and X-Men. Uh, and unaffiliated. Right, whatever. <laughs> the actual spreadsheet goes into much more data. Like, you can pull up a specific faction and see how they did against every other faction, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But that gets to be player-dependent because of the specific matchups, so... At that point, I think it becomes too small sample size. But no, yeah, I like this. This is good info, and it will definitely, like you said, be way more informative after uh, several more rounds. Well, here's the other thing, I... though, like which is why I hate the fact that they just like add models in after round three. Like, well, that just throws all the. If you're doing this for data collection, throws it off completely. Mm-hmm. Like Cabal's at 33% right now. <laughs> Guarantee it's going to be higher than 33% by the end of the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could also map out the trend, though, right? As models drop, you could probably see, you could probably see that too, though. I don't think you'd have to say like, "Oh, well, Cabal did better in the second half because Malekith dropped." We'll look at that. Sure, like probably make that connection. Yeah, and that, that's a valid data point as well. Well, it also corrupts the data though because the people playing him are obviously inexperienced because he's a new model, and the opponents playing against him are inexperienced. Which is, it's like, yeah, it's data, but it's it's corrupted data. Like, it's not it's not as valuable as, like, checking it with, like, experienced players that have already had reps with it. And sure, probably some of the players will have tried some practice games with him, but who's to say if their opponents have or not? So he, he they'll be better because their opponents are inexperienced versus a new model that isn't even released yet. I missed this when you guys were talking earlier. What did you want the data for, Brandon? I didn't. I, I just oh. like data. I mean, oh. I like stats and stuff. I, I just asked in general if there was any, any takeaways that, that you had. Um, just... Looking at the data, I mean, criminals seem real good. <laughs> um, they've got... Oh, this is the most wins they've totally... Okay, so just confirming I understand these these columns. It's win win rate table, obvious, the win rate of the mirrorless win rate which is the games that are you remove the mirrored matches yep, so that it's more that's why syndicates data. better everyone over 50 percent gets better and under 50 gets worse yeah um then most wins table is just the most wins tallied which is worthless data basically right uh because it's correct except for the fact that it no you're right most wins because uh, it's not even population like there's somehow 11 well i mean i guess they can't they also like 11 Dark Dimensions is probably hugely in, like, not correct, because how many of those lists are intending to play in Dark Dimension? It's just they had Dormammu in their list. No, those th- these are the actual played. So the 11 players only play Dark Dimension? They don't have, like, they, dual They chose or... Dark Dimension in their matchup. That's what that means. Oh, so you mean uh, there, uh, there's been 11 total games played as Dark Dimension. I see. Um, um, yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. And six of them I won. See. That's not bad. Which results in the 54.55% yeah. win rate. Yeah. What? No one played Hydra. <laughs> or Winterguard, I know. Yeah, it's weird. like they're How unreleased. They're... like they're not e- legal, yeah. Along with X-Force. Oh, no. <laughs> not legal for competitive play. All right, so the most wins table is basically worthless information. Um, right. Mirrorless most wins, and then... The mirrorless rate is really what matters. But you need to pair yeah, that exactly. with... Yeah, Games the most played. wins is is super relevant when you're playing against yourself and you're guaranteeing a win every round. But like Syndicate being at sixty four point four has a higher probability of being more accurate given that they played seventy one games 
than Wakanda being at 71.43, which is a better win rate, but there's only been 14 games played. So, yeah. um, Criminal Syndicate being 13% of all games played <laughs> is uh, pretty silly. <laughs> yes. So that I also think that's going to drop like a rock, because I think Shadowlands fails horribly into Malekith. That's almost a hundred times the amount of unaffiliated games. <laughs> Correct. Um, wow, this is actually kind of interesting, though. Defenders and Inhumans have the same games played. Dark Dimension effectively has the same. And then Wakanda, Midnight Suns, A-Force are kind of the next pack. Asgard's a little bit higher than... Picks up to Shield, Black Order, Web Warriors, Spider Foes, Cabal, Convocation, X Men, Guardians, Brotherhood. Surprise, Brotherhood's so high. I think that's they're very popular. Probably, yeah, exactly. They're they're a popular affiliation for a lot of reasons. They're also doing well. Yeah, that's good. So my I biggest like... takeaway from all of this was a Web Warrior thirty one percent win rate. So some of the the Web Warriors players I've talked to. Thought that the, the team, their affiliation just got gutted with the uh, med pack field wrestling going away. And apparently they're right. Question mark? That's, I find that so surprising, but I mean... I think I think another big piece is, uh, like, attrition models have gotten started to get so efficient. Um, I, I think now there are lots of characters in the game that can gut them way too fast from far away also. Yes. So my two games were against DeLuca and Deaton, who both played Web Warriors very, very well. But they were both playing a Web Warrior uh, Shadowland splash, just because mm-hmm. they could not take Web Warriors into Shadowland. Yeah. So I ended up playing into the Shadowland Mirror. So that doesn't even count against Web Warriors in that 31% win rate, because they chose not to play them. So mm-hmm. in games people took Web Warriors, they only won 31% of the time. I-, I think that's very telling. Like, that was the affiliation What's I the... thought would do a lot better. But what's the games played, though? Uh, not uh, 29. 29 games. That's middle of the pack. Yeah. What do you but again, where, like where we is said, this? This, is, this is a low sample size in general. Where's the yes. data coming? Where's the data? What, what, what this is the TTS it? League stuff. Where do you it's find the... it? He posted a picture of it as if you're physically looking for it. It's in the general chat. It's fairly recent. Uh, let me see. I don't know if I can send the actual link to you. If I can, no, I'll put you it can, uh, Here, I'll just post it in the... Oh, uh, I, got, I, got the I got the link here. I got it. No, I'm going to send you the actual... Oh, to like look at the Excel? If, if I can, yeah. Gotta go find it. Damn it. Yeah, but this is like the WTC information, basically. Yeah. Um, and the, the issue comes down to, it's like, well, who's playing the Web Warriors? Like, did they... Are these people that didn't play a Splash and got trapped playing Web Warriors into a bad matchup? Are these new Web Warrior players? Are they super veteran? Like... So all that, all that information is important. Because yes. in WTC, the good, th- the fun thing that people like to say about the data was, well, these are the best players in the world playing mm-hmm. these affiliations, which was kind of true and also kind of not true because, like, Team Greece Two had like, you know, Greece has fourteen War Machine players, so like, players six through ten are not exactly world beaters, but you know, they're competent, and so it's just, it's right. just it depends. Like, okay, I went to, and the then pod- you could say, well, they all played. Signar, and so they could tank Signar's win rate by being a bunch of like casual players playing in the big tournament. Yep. So it's all grain of salt stuff. Like, so don't just assume that Web Warriors have a thirty-three percent win rate or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Which we obviously all know. I just want to make sure people listening know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I posted it in the podcast channel. 
So you can go and look at the actual Excel, and you can drop down, view by faction, etc. And I can hack it and destroy all the data. Heck yeah. I've seen Swordfish. I know that hacking is just creating a series of cubes that turn into a snake. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I've seen The Running Man. Uh, it's pretty sure it's just like you watch a very bad 3D geodesic like rotate, and then a number pops out, and then you're like, mm-hmm. ah, that's, that's the hack number. Hack number. Hack Got number. It. 17. <laughs> Running man. But then you gotta smuggle that number into the place. Right. But then you have access to everything. Oof. Yikes. Uh, well, Aaron, uh, I don't yes. know how this has happened, but he said that they're currently planning on 6 to 12 people, or 12 to 16 people showing up. Uh, and they can expand to 24 if need be. <laughs> I was like, ooh. For the Omaha? Yes. So I'm going to message him right now. Um, Dang, that's really small. When is this? Is this the one this weekend, right? Or is that next week? Next weekend. Next week. I asked him to put us on, like, a hold list. Alright, cool. Let's go ahead and get going, and uh, we can chat about some more stuff later. You guys ready? Mm -hmm. I've been podcasting this whole time. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. But, like, have you really, though? Yeah. I've never once not podcasted. He says that we're on the list. The hold list? The we'll have room maybe list? Yeah! Hmm. I'll message him tomorrow and ask if he needs us to bring like train or mats or anything. Yeah. And we'll get there and be like, are we on the list? He's like, yeah, then we didn't bring terrain and mats. <laughs> Nobody else could join. <laughs> did, did you mean to say? Thanks, Parker, for running did you mean an to say hour podcast? long on time. <laughs> You said podcast. Pod, did I say podcast? <laughs> okay, I didn't want to. Okay. <clears throat> All right, I'll double check I said it right and cut it in if I didn't. Um, Parker, did I ever tell you about our trip to Omaha for the uh, UFS card game? Because it was myself, Max, Ryan, uh, Dave, and I can't remember who else we went with. I think I know of this, I but there, I, five of us. there was a meme moment, right? That they, you guys really liked. Oh yeah, it was great. Um, so this was after the tournament was over. Um, the, the store who organized the tournament, cause there was like 120 person of tournament. Uh, they rented at, well, they organized a after hours dinner at one of it's a ramen place in downtown Omaha. So anyway, we get there, everyone starts drinking because you know, it's like what you do after tournaments. And we're getting pretty, pretty wasted at this restaurant. And uh, Max is the designated driver because he doesn't drink. And so we're all laying into Dave because Dave takes it really well. (laughs) And so Dave is drinking. I can't remember what he was drinking. It was like sake or something because we were at the Asian restaurant. But anyway, we're driving back to our hotel after everything wraps up. And I remember I'm pretty drunk at this point. I had three mixed drinks and like four beers at this point. 
And then we get more beer at the quick trip on the way back to the hotel. And I remember that Dave teaches at the college level. And so I'm like, well, Dave would know about this. Hey, Dave, have you ever heard of butt checking? And I'm just having this conversation <laughs> with the line at Quick Trip. Yeah. The, uh, the, the clerk working the counter is very uh, concerned that we are in his establishment. <laughs> Uh, and so Dave's like, yeah, I know what butt checking is like, oh, you're really experienced, are you? And he's like, no, like, he immediately tries to get defensive about it. And so I don't know why I thought it was so funny, but we keep this butt chugging joke going for like three hours when we get back to the hotel. And, and so he puts on his CPAP machine, and he goes to bed and Rizzy's going to bed. Hey, Dave, if you wake up and you taste Blue Moon, just know that I'm giving you some uh, some after sleep uh, beer in your CPAP <laughs> tube. And he's like, please, God, do not do that. I, for then on, any time I picture Dave laying in bed sleeping and I'm just holding the end of his hose and pouring Blue Moon down the hose, <laughs> it just fucking kills me. And so that's why we immortalized it uh, with him on the, uh, the hobby table. Ah, uh, okay. But it was it was a very fun event. I just never know. I never knew if I told you that story. But that's why I was saying it, we had it was really silly. We were making a bunch of jokes and stuff. I thought there was a moment on the table, like some or your opponent said something impossible. Oh, that was Ryan. One of his opponents um, got into like one of the like the miracle draw situations where you draw exactly what you have to get at the right moment to save the game for you. Mm-hmm. And so he only plays two of this one card. It was literally the only card that would have slowed Ryan down, and he drew both of them, not at the start of his turn, but he had an effect that let him draw two cards. He top decks both of them and saves the game for him. And so Ryan makes a comment because he's very frustrated. He's like, man, that was really lucky or something along those lines. And his, good. his opponent pauses, looks him dead in the face and goes, that's just what my deck does. <laughs> that's it. That's like, it. It wasn't a that's big just deal. What my deck and Ryan's does. just like is dumbfounded and just deadpans to me. He's like, did you fucking hear him say that? Like, <laughs> that's right. That's and just so what from my deck now does. on, anytime, anytime someone does something that's like a 1% chance, they're like, yeah, it's just what my deck does. Yeah, it's just what my deck does. Bro, yeah, that's just what like, my deck does. You should build better decks. That's just what my deck does. Yeah, my, my deck just my deck just draws cards yeah. that, that ruin your deck. Just imagine, like, well, a perfect example is I roll four wilds on defense versus, like, Aaron or CJ. And I'm like, that's just what, what Dr. Strange does. Yeah, that's just what my, He just, just blocks eight. That's what he does. That's just what my roster does. <laughs> I got the finger from Aaron on that one. <laughs> it's like, oh, I understand that you have pierce, but I have energy absorption. <laughs> that means I cancel three of your hits. He's like, but I pierce! <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Every time I hear one of the stories about Doctor Strange, it makes me want to play him so much. Just the it's, thought of it happening. He doesn't do it all the time. I know. But he's definitely one of the, like, eventually he's going to get exceedingly good dice, and it's just going to fuck your opponent's entire turn. Mm-hmm. And that it doesn't happen a lot, but it happens regularly enough because he's got all the tools he needs to perform those effects. My issue with him and all the big costers are the turns when they just whiff. Like, I can take yeah. it when my three threats whiff. Like, ah, they hit, they don't, whatever. Ah, they blocked, they yeah. didn't. It's when you have your Hulk and your Modoc and your Strange that are like, and take zero. That you're like, well, yeah. shit. I just can't stand yeah, it. Yeah. It's brutal. So usually I just never play them. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, I've gotten to the point where, like, I just stopped putting Hulk in list because it was like, he's just gonna roll up and roll four hits on 12 dice and do fucking nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've watched Hulk do nothing so many times. I don't think I could ever play him. And that's why people get like, "Oh man, this game's over." It's like, well, I mean, I've seen dice go cold, like real cold, and you're just like, "Well, like when my opponent, when your opponent doesn't deal a damage to you for two rounds, 
how do you lose the game? Like, you just do whatever you want. Like, And so you just have to play, when you're in a really, really bad spot, just play like your opponent's dice are going to go ice cold. Because that's the, if that's the only way you win, you play to your out, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, absolutely. If there's a 3% chance I win this game because I just assume you don't roll damage, let's play that way. Like, Because that's the only 3% I'm looking at. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I so played- I think... I think there was a that was a term that we coined from Netrunner because Netrunner you'd always feel like because it's a secret information game you'd always feel like it was worse than it was and so you get this position where your opponent was about to visually win the game but you're and you're like well there's nothing I can do to stop you from performing this action I've checked it's literally impossible so I concede and he's like well I was bluffing this isn't my objective my objective's still in my hand and they're like shit like i shouldn't have <laughs> so what we the term was always played you're out if your only out is assume your opponent rolls dog shit play like they're gonna roll dog shit and when they don't you lose the game that's fine you just yeah. move on or the only way i win is if i daze you with four dice and you have six health bring it yeah, yeah. fucking i've blocked eight more times <laughs> than i have any right to have blocked eight with well that's because uh, dr strange blocked eight once and um taskmaster blocked eight once that, well, that being said, Doctor Strange, that's the cool thing. That's the reason why I like him is the same thing as Rapid Fire. He's always going to roll twice for his defense, right? Or yeah. he has the potential to. So you get to, you get to check twice every time he rolls, as opposed to everybody else in the game where you have to roll mm-hmm. once. That, that's the reason why I think he's so cool. Is I think I think I would be satisfied with that, knowing that I could lose him every once in a while. He's also only five points. To, to your point, Aaron, I am totally fine spending a five-pointer doing that. But if it's a six pointer i just lose my shit i i played she hulk and shield once and i was so fucking mad i won i didn't care but i was like she did nothing and i was like you are fucking trash you are a worthless this is, human this is bullshit because <laughs> she she rolled all the here's, dice and did nothing here's an interesting mental exercise aaron what would they have to do to dr strange to make him cost six points supreme yeah mm-hmm. let me look at his card I'm thinking maybe gains a hit point and his his basic attack goes up to six dice. I think he's a six pointer. And scalpel goes down to three. I don't even think he needs that. I think I would pay six points just for those two changes. I don't know that he'd be like an amazing six pointer, but he'd be solid. Yeah. Scalpel going down to three would definitely like that alone probably puts him at a six pointer. Because he could just turn one scalpel forward dump two builders into somebody and start scalpeling more people like immediately has massive impact on the game. Yeah. I wonder if he went to uh, only one additional power per turn scalpel to three and the two other changes you talked about. I think that would be a, a good six pointer. Oh, so you're going to nerf his power regeneration, huh? Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to make him more killy. Uh, without... For that, I'm for that. I'm going to need um, energy four. give me yeah. energy four for that. Denied. Okay, then give me seven hit points on both sides. Give me two more hit points. Nope. Okay, I no, not paying six for that. Then. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say I played into Malekith the other day, and uh, I had my Killmonger turn with uh, Cruel Tutelage, Usurp the Throne, everything. Yeah. Uh, that's how many damage I did to Malekith right there. Zero. Yep. Zero. Mm. Say you did that to me, and you only did three. Yeah. Well, I only did one hit with those dice. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. I, I basically just said. But and did you, you win. play Dark Rain when you did it? Uh, I was playing with Shadowlands, so so no. See that there's your mistake. 
Which is why I said, yes, I need something else. Shadowlands cannot counter Malekith. I already knew it, but I was just playing for fun. I mean, you... I think Shadowlands... Well, I mean, first of all, you can't reroll at all against Malekith, so it's irrelevant. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. that The rapid-fire list with rerolls is <laughs> not going to scratch for defense with Skulls. Absent huge swings and dice. Yeah. Oh, that and was going another... wide with a bunch of threes just gets eaten left and right by uh by the cat. Go ahead. Uh, that was another funny thing about uh, my Inhumans list. Uh, with Black Cat and Medusa, you never get rerolls. You can't modify against two of my characters. It's been weirdly yep. effective. Oh yeah. Strange, like forcing oh. your opponent to be honest. Uh, I, two I plus Angela and Malekith unaffiliated. Hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> and maybe also I don't know, but I, I have a new appreciation for that rule for sure. It's it's more relevant than it's ever been for sure because it mm. used to be there was like three characters in the fucking game that even had rerolls. That that's true. Yeah, I've uh, against multiple players now. I've had them um, marked for death by fucking Doctor Strange. I'm like, quit it! Like, I want to reroll my dice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to turn off Ayavagamoto. Yeah. Oh, and then the one of them ran Angela at me, and I was like, go away! I don't want you over here. <laughs> Um, Parker, uh, you're not free this weekend, right? You're only free tomorrow. I am really free tomorrow. I am sort of free on Friday. Like after six o'clock, I'm free. Okay. Um, so are you free to come to my house at 4 PM on Friday and no, then no. drive to Arkansas and come back Sunday night? <laughs> Is that, that's what you said, right? <laughs> no. the same thing. No. All right. I really wish I could go to that. Well, if you sit on Jeremy's lap, you can go to the Omaha tournament next week. Because are you going by yourself? No. Why would I? No, how to, would to, my tomorrow. statement make any sense? No, oh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, that's the plan. Not no. tomorrow. Uh, Saturday. Where Friday, is, Saturday. Where is it at? Arkansas, Fayetteville. Oh, that's right. I, why am I? I was like, why? Why was I couldn't? Why couldn't I do that? Because uh, John Mulaney. I'm going to John Mulaney on Saturday night. Yeah. You're like, I thought there was something. Yeah, there was something that was stopping me. Because if nothing is stopping me, why am I not going? That's what it was. Um, Tim is going to be there. I haven't seen Tim since Adepticon, so I'm excited to see him again. Mm-hmm. Alright, cool. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to chat about before we get out of here? Uh, fun stuff to talk I, about. I have one question. Aaron, if Perrin is not coming, um, are you guys going to be working like early afternoon? Should I just like um, check Discord to see if anybody's coming early? Question for Brandon, not me. Uh, yes, we're going to be working. Okay. I don't even know when I'm going to be free to actually play games tomorrow. Okay. I will be free like six. Okay. Then I will just keep checking. I know there are some guys, like, the who is it said they were playing? Yeah, wanting to come and demo some stuff, so. Yeah. Um, Demo? That's what he said. Yeah. Apparently he's got some new guys. CJ? Yeah, CJ. Oh, CJ has new guys? Yeah. Uh, I will have someone uh, DM you, or at least post, and tag you in the post uh, if they show up to play. Sweet. Um, I mean, you could always just come up and hang out. Worst case scenario. Yeah, but if you guys are working and stuff, I'll just, I'll, I have, I have also important things I could do here. But I want to play games, so there's an outside chance. So anyway, without the details, there's an outside chance Perry can come. But we're working on detailed plans for the next two weeks, and when we're going to go vacation somewhere. My wife's making it all up. I don't know when. Okay. So he has to get in an online game tomorrow because he's not sure where we're going to be for the next week and a half. Oh, is he playing in the TTS league? Um, he is, but I, I he's in that and a Blood Bowl league. I'm just not sure which one he's doing tomorrow. He can either play tomorrow or Sunday. 
And I said, yeah, you got to do it tomorrow because I don't know where we're going to be on Sunday. We might be in town. We might not be. Okay. So if we make a decision to be in town on Sunday, uh, then he could come with me tomorrow, which was the original plan. Okay. You got to bring like a laptop and play your game on the laptop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Would technically work. Yeah, do what you got to do. I, I get it. But we'll... I just think it's really... I, I'm I'm just... I don't care when the games start, honestly, tomorrow. I'm just amazed that I get there before 8.30. That's just... <laughs> that's going to feel so good. I mean, a lot of the work I'm doing tomorrow after, like, 1 o'clock is probably just going to be me, like, sitting around on a computer. So, like, I can chat and stuff. I just won't be able to play games. Okay. Noted. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Yep.